106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Hello, friends and neighbors in Mason and surrounding counties. Attention, be a victor, not a victim. We will be having a beginner's concealed handgun class this coming Wednesday, October 26th, at Keller's Riverside Store on the beautiful Llano River. Classes start at 8.30 a.m. This is an all-day event. We will attempt to teach you all the necessary information you need to obtain your CHL and hopefully when you can use your weapon to defend yourself if the need arises. We also will give you your handgun proficiency test as needed to get your license. The cost for the course is $100. We accept cash, check, credit cards, gold and silver, and used guns. For information or to sign up, call Crockett Keller, 325-347-0055. If you are a socialist liberal and or voted for the current campaigner-in-chief, please do not take this class. You have already proven that you cannot make a knowledgeable and prudent decision as required under the law. Also, if you are a non-Christian Arab or Muslim, I will not teach you the class. Once again, Again, with no shame, I am Crockett Keller, 325-347-0055. Thank you, and God bless America. Hi there. How are you doing? You all are just so precious. You're probably watching this in your pajamas right now. I mean, this has been like a giant, elongated sleepover, right? So I'm just going to introduce myself. If you watch the mainstream media, you have no idea who I am. And if you talk about me at all, well, then you're a right-wing conspiracy theorist, tinfoil hat-wearing nutjob. College professors, though, <laughs> college professors love me. In short, I've kind of stayed behind the scenes. I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm a globalist, socialist, communist. But I don't like to use the word communism. It's so scary. Plus, millennials like the word socialism better, so let's just go with that. Anyways, enough about me. <laughs> let's get back to talking about you. I mean, this has been really hard for you, right? So much job loss. Oh, and people that have had small businesses, I mean, they've been destroyed. And so many people right now can't feed their families. It's just, it's dreadful. Just so horrible. So the best thing to do right now would be to just let me, us, take care of you. You give up your freedom, but we take care of you. Think about it. I mean, you're really hurting right now. Wouldn't you just really want someone to just take care of you? Well, we can make that happen. You just have to give up your right to choose for yourself. And you can trust me. I mean, I'm super, super nice. And I would never make a decision that would not be in your best benefit. People say absolute power corrupts absolutely. <laughs> Those people are idiots. Honestly, I would always look out for you. Now, of course, I know you won't say yes now. But you will. Eventually.
Okay, we're off and running tonight. Uh, it is uh, a nice evening tonight in Northern California. The wind's blowing too much, which we don't like up here, because blowing all the pollen around, then it gets up your nose like COVID, and uh, gets tries to get in your business. But if you keep yourself nice and clean and your immune immune system tight, you just can weather the storm. <clears throat> Seemed like we just had an earthquake. I was just sitting here. It's kind of late, almost 10 o'clock at, at night on uh, on the 6th of May. But this, this show will actually appear on our website and on the podcast sites on the 8th of May. But on the 6th of May, we just had a little trembler, I think, up here in Northern California. Up here in, I'm up here in Yuba County. And I just sit here, and it was kind of rocking my table a little bit, shaking it a little bit, and uh, computer screen was rocking a little bit, and, and I was just going to wonder how long that was going to continue. We don't really have big earthquakes up here in, uh, <clears throat> in Yuba Sutter counties, Butte County up here in this area, but we have tremblers every once in a while. And I think I just had one right here, <clears throat> unless somebody's outside pushing on my house. But that's good. that could be a problem. All right, so this is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio. Uh, this is our podcast. It's number 110, and again, it's going to show up on the 8th of May, courtesy of Tanner Martis down in Texas, who does a fine job for us. <clears throat> And uh, we were talking to him recently, and he's doing good, bought himself a first house. I've been noticing some of my young friends buying their first houses. Pretty special time, actually. And uh, so you can reach me pretty easy at lou at nohostagesradio.com, lou at nohostagesradio.com. In fact, maybe while I'm talking here, I ought to just see if there's anything shaken. If I got any messages at that email, because that's a different email. I have a couple different emails, as you probably do, but I have one that kind of just focuses on this radio program. And so, yeah, we got something going on. Oh, we got something going on. Maybe we got some hate mail this week. We got, I got some hate mail going on. Uh, okay, so one guy says... We found your podcast on the open podcast directory and built. Uh, oh, it's like, I think it's a pitch for a switch over to another platform, but he's been listening to it. Uh, name for, oh, here's a, it's a nasty gram from he, that person probably thinks I'm a racist. F you. Uh, oh, yeah, these are all nasty grams. So I'm getting a few snarfy people that are upset, but they must, I don't know whether they're actually listening to the podcast or they are just uh, using the, the email to get a hold of me. So you can reach me at, at uh, lou at nohostagesradio.com. At that website, nohostagesradio.com, you can always also look at uh, some of our uh, articles that we've written in the past and uh, and right up to the current and then you could also catch the previous podcast so uh you could also call me at 530-713-1838 i am on the west coast or the left coast as some people like to call it 530-713-1838 you can call me or text me and uh, give me a shout out or message uh if you wish and um let's see what else do we normally do here I'm just kind of looking at 
some of these contacts and and we could just respond right over the air. So, okay. Turn that, close that window. And uh, so we're going to be here, for, as you're, if you're first time listening, we're going to be here for six segments of about 20 minutes, and then we have clips in between. So you heard a sec- segment of clips coming into this uh, show. And uh, I got a kick out of this. Uh, you know how the uh, anybody, anytime any sports figure or a team wins a tremendous victory like the Super Bowl, the NBA championships, or the Major League Baseball championships, they are they're often invited to the White House. So I saw this. Uh, I I don't have any uh, television hooked up, so I I missed the fact that we had I guess the Kentucky Derby, and it looks like from the photo I'm looking at that uh, they had a full house. I guess they didn't do COVID restrictions there at the Derby in Kentucky, but it says the Derby winner Medina Spirit. Um, it won. The Derby winner was Medina Spirit. And a uh, famous jockey by the name of John Velasquez uh, was the was the winning jockey, and so you know how there there people invite the winner to the White House to be congratulated, and so his comment was, "If I wanted to see a horse's ass, I would have came in second. So that's Johnny Velasquez's view. I know, you know, when Trump was in the uh, White House, there was a lot of uh, nasty remarks about him, although he was just trying to be courteous and uh, and congratulate the the new winner and just welcome him to the White House. Now, you can tell people are getting uppity. Uh, like, for instance, if I was invited to the White House, I would probably go. And even though I may not even agree with the uh with who's ever in the white house if they wanted to honor me for something uh i'm just trying to look at a website uh of randy thomason i can't find it right now i wanted to talk to you about it so anyway if if you you would think that most people would be honored to go be invited to the white house to just be congratulated they you're not don't have to be the same political party or anything like that but instead a lot of people just said yeah i don't need the white house i don't care about the white house uh, i'm just gonna flip off the president of the united states and uh that's the way this is going to go down so i'm gonna have i was going to talk about randy thomason uh, let me see if I can just put in Save California. Randy Thomason is an exceptional guy, and he uh, has filled in for my radio show a couple times. And he's he's a former radio guy, Randy Thomason, but he's a lobbyist at the state capitol for family matters. He he's not there to try to make money, uh, but I can't find it right now. I'm gonna have to wait till the break so I don't goof this first segment up. So I'm just gonna go on to something else, and it will come back to it. So um, anyway, Velasquez felt like he needed to make a statement, and so there it is. So we we're, we're sponsored. We we get on the uh, the air. In fact, uh, I mentioned a couple weeks or a week ago or so that um, I think it was last week that. We used to be on live radio on Saturdays on KMYC. 
I left there for technical difficulties, and then the station owner died, unfortunately. Nice guy, Tom Huth, and a patriot. And then uh, then he, it was bought by Ernie Friesen, and then the station was burned down by an arsonist. And then Ernie rebuilt the station, and then it's been uh, tampered with uh, by homeless people stealing copper off the large antennas, and then... Then there have been some uh, political, looks like political vandals cutting the station's power. So it's interesting uh, about the whole tolerance talk uh, in our country from the liberal standpoint. And then, but if you don't, if they don't like what you say, uh, then they eliminate you. They cut your power. They uh, sue you. They uh, get you fired from your job, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, the tolerance aspect is only for the conservative people uh, to be tolerant of everybody else that wants to change a country into a communist country. So there's a number of people that are are supporting uh, this broadcast as well as the KMYC broadcast, which started again. The station's been up on the air, but it keeps going off because people uh, keep breaking in and cutting uh, cords, wires that... uh, then shuts the station down and has to, they have to repair it. So uh, that's actually, a f- I just learned this last week, that's a federal offense because it's really an act of domestic terrorism. And so, uh, so we have a few people that have decided to support us, and that's Elite Universal Security and, and uh, Dave Greenitz Construction Company and the Plumbing Doctor and North Valley Paralegal and Dr. Joe Cassidy. So we'll be talking more about them later, but I just want to let you know that uh, I'm just not on here on my own, but uh, there's other people that are interested in the message getting out of freedom, uh, constitutional rights, and those are being undermined by our government left and right. They've just, they're just ignoring the Constitution. They're violating our rights, and they did that by the, uh, in the name of COVID. They're saving our lives. And so they've stripped us of our individual rights. Now, just before I came on the show, um, I've been texting back and forth with uh, people in Saigon, Vietnam, and they're having another major lockdown there because they claim COVID's on the move again. And so the way they do lockdowns in Vietnam is uh, they patrol with military and uh, they call everybody in they they tabulate every household and the names of who lives in that household it's the way they control everybody and they monitor everybody and uh and they you can't you can't go anywhere you can't leave the city you can't leave the village uh it's a different type of lockdown they're used to living under communism um and so for instance um some of you are upset about my comments uh, in the media about uh, the health officer of Yuba Sutter counties and also about <clears throat> the management or mismanagement of the COVID crisis, which was created into a crisis by political people. It wouldn't have ever been a crisis. It had just been cold season, flu season. But many of you are very upset about that, although you really didn't probably don't even know the context of what it was said in. But in, in Vietnam, uh, the way that works over there, if they have Facebook there, for instance, and 
they are, I think, the seventh, although there's about 194, 95 nations in the world, they are the seventh largest user of Facebook in the world. They love Facebook. But in, in their country, the Facebook people, Mark Zuckerberg and his people, have helped help the, uh, the Vietnamese government to track the users of Facebook and to chase them down and prosecute them and if they don't like what they say on Facebook. So if you say something like, I don't like these lockdowns that the government's doing, and I think they're unfair, and I think they are oppressive, and I don't think they're needed, they will come and get you, and they will put you in prison. And you do not get your day in court uh, necessarily, and you do not get a jury of your peers. You do not get a paid legal uh, help. Uh, they just put you away. So and the way I, reason I know that is because the people I work with there one of the pastors out in the tribal areas or rural areas of Vietnam was uh, put in prison for 16 years for just saying that he didn't agree with the government's repressive policies and that he thought they should have more freedom. Uh, that's what people are actually saying now and not getting put in jail. But over there, you go to jail. And that's true, of course, in China. It's very intense in China. And you also get uh, tortured Um interrogation that could last for 12, 14, 16, 18 hours. And uh, so that's what's going on in Vietnam tonight as I've been back and forth discussing different projects that we're, we have going at this time in those areas. So uh, I want to mention uh, some cool things that are going on. Uh, today we, we were on the uh, phone with the Flynn family, uh, Michael Flynn, uh, famous, one of the more decorated heroes in the military, uh, now retired. But he was going to be hired by, remember when he was going to be hired by uh, President Trump, new, new uh, President Trump, when he first got elected, he was going to hire uh, Point Michael Flynn in, in, in his, his national security spot. And immediately... The FBI had him arrested, and uh, he spent a lot of time uh, fighting for his uh, freedom uh, with the U.S. After fighting for his freedom, preserved freedom for us in theaters, war theaters of the of the world, he now was fighting for his freedom against the very people that he tried to protect. So uh, we were having, they were having a, my friends were having a discussion with the uh, the. Uh, the family, the Flynn's today, and it looks like Michael Flynn may be coming to Yuba Sutter area on July 18th to speak. And we've been looking for a venue uh, that would suit him, um, suit the size of crowd that may come and see him. So if you're interested in General Flynn, I hope I got the uh, the rank correct. But uh, Michael Flynn, uh, he should be be here uh, on July 18th. At least that's what it looks like at this time. And uh, we also are looking at bringing some other people here, but I don't want to just name drop without them have already committed. But uh, Flynn, they were on the phone today, and it said that they were going to do a, a West Coast speaking tour starting in uh, in California, be starting up north here, and then moving down maybe to L.A. and then San, and then San Diego and then on to somewhere else. So that would be in July, mid-July. Then in the Free and the Brave Conference, Part 2 is coming up May 21, 22, 23. It's free. 
there's some ads now. Uh, it's going to start like 6 or 7 o'clock on the first night. Then it's going to go like from 9 to 9 the next morning. And uh, then it's going to uh, be a half day, the final day, the 23rd. So the speakers, you can probably go online at churchofgladtidings.com and look up those speakers and look up the dates. You'll be able to, the first time we did the Free and Brave Conference, the restaurants were mostly closed, so we actually served food on the site. This time we'll have food available on the site, uh, as well as if people want to drive into town, we'll have uh, a list of restaurants for those that are coming from out of town. Last time there were people from all over Northern California. I think people came down even from out of state to set in on it. But you don't have to do that. Uh, wherever you are in the world, you can listen online. We'll live stream it. And if you can't do that, if it's like at an odd time where you're working, you can, it, in about a week or so after the event, it will be uh, recorded and put on the website of churchofgladtidings.com. So however you want to get at it, you will not pay anything unless you want to send a contribution. Usually they ask for a, a you know, a, just a free, you know, free will donation. In other words, if you want to come, you don't have the money. We don't worry about it. But if you want to donate and support this movement, uh, you can do that. Or if you, there's also ways online with churchofgladtidings.com that you could contribute as well. But you're free to use anything on that website. In fact, the first free and brave conference you can tap into uh, on that website uh, now, and you can start looking at it. We had some great speakers. So I mentioned last week I spent a lot of time talking about the individual speakers. I'll just mention them. I can't, I'm not going to spend, Go. you can look them up. When you look them up on Google, because Google is working against any conservatives and they're, they're pro-COVID, and they're pro-communist, uh, they're going to trash every one of these speakers. But I'm going to mention them to, me, to you, and you're going to have to be growing up enough to sort out uh, the baloney. So Dr. David Martin's going to be there. Uh, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny is going to be there. Uh, let's see. Judy Mikovits is going to be there. Dr. Judy Mikovits, Dr. Carrie Medej is going to be there. Nikki Florio is going to be there. And uh, Greg Lean is going to be there. We thought that Simone Gold might be there, but she wants to come when she is the, uh, the, the sole speaker. And so she won't be there for this. But uh, but there's a good group. There's also a, another fellow named Greg Lean. He's a he's a uh, attorney environmentalist return, attorney from the Tahoe City area and he will be there as well and I think there'll probably be some others but that's the uh, the list right now and they should be there should be a list coming up on Glad Tidings site where it shows you what time they're actually speaking eventually hopefully they'll do that so in case you can't come for the whole conference but you wanted to actually dip in and physically be there you'd know what time of the day to come so you don't waste your time. So we've really designed this to be timely, to be very informative. This is going to be a lot about vaccines, geoengineering, 5G, uh, your rights, uh, and about COVID, and uh, and about corruption, those type of things. So uh, we're, we're making this so you can dip in really easy, recorded, live-streamed, live 
easy easy food. We'll have a variety of different types of food. Lots of food trucks, so you can pick the style of food you wish. There may be even some somebody try to do a little uh, cooking there and serve to as a fundraiser for some of our drug rehab projects. So, okay, we're going to be right back. This is our first uh, segment, and we will uh, give just a couple minutes here for you to listen to some clips, and then we'll pick it up right soon. Sweeties, I'm a mom, but that doesn't mean I don't like to have fun. I drive a minivan, but I can let loose a little too. <laughs> I want to use heroin, but I also want to get stuff done. That's why I reach for Heroin AM, the only non-drowsy heroin on the market, so I can get jacked on Skag and then get to work. When I would call time out to inject black tar heroin, there was almost a stigma about it. But with Heroin AM, I'm almost more alert than if I weren't on heroin. Heroin use in America is steadily on the rise, but productivity among heroin users has remained stagnant. That's why Heroin AM combines heroin with five milligrams of caffeine and a small pile of cocaine. And now available in gummy bears, which you can melt down and inject. Yeah. Side effects include, it's heroin. So, all that stuff. So now I can chase the dragon while I also chase this little guy. I'm gonna get ya. <laughs> wow, this might be the first afternoon mom doesn't need a nap. <laughs> Heroin AM, from the makers of Cocaine PM. I went from nodding off to nodding yes to more heroin. Now who's ready for school? First, Dr. Anthony Fauci said that the COVID-19 case fatality rate was 3.6%. That turned out to be a lie. The actual fatality rate of the virus is probably less than 1%, and for kids and younger healthy adults, it's virtually zero. Nonetheless, even though Fauci was totally wrong, we kept listening to him. Then Fauci said lockdowns work. This was obviously false. The places with the harshest lockdowns like Los Angeles and New York City have had the worst outcomes. And no, it's not because they didn't lock down soon enough. There is literally zero scientific evidence. And now, nine months into COVID-19, zero empirical evidence that lockdowns work to stop the virus. Nonetheless, even though Fauci was totally wrong again, we kept listening to him. Fauci also said masks don't work, so please don't buy them, he told us. This is actually probably true of cloth masks, but Fauci later admitted he lied to us to manipulate us into not buying masks so that there wouldn't be a shortage for healthcare workers. Fauci lied to us to try to control our behavior. Nonetheless, we kept listening to him. Now, Fauci says, we need to reach 90% vaccination levels before we will reach herd immunity even though he said just a couple months ago that herd immunity could be reached at 60% vaccination or immunity rate. And Fauci admitted this week that he's deliberately moving the goalposts because he finally thinks the American people are ready to hear the truth. The absolute most despicable kind of politician lying to us for our own good. Who listens to this guy anymore? Why are we still listening to him? 
And while we're asking questions, let's ask this. Why are people who've already had COVID-19 and recovered from it getting the vaccine? You might say, well, to protect against reinfection, but nope. According to a new study published in the New England Journal of Medicine, which followed 12,541 healthcare workers for 31 weeks after they'd had COVID, six months into the study, they found natural immunization was solid. They found only two cases of asymptomatic reinfections. So why are we vaccinating people who've already recovered from COVID? They don't seem to be at risk of reinfection and natural immunization is better than artificial immunization. It makes no sense. Also, why are young and otherwise healthy healthcare workers getting the vaccine before it's offered to elderly people in nursing homes? It's not because the healthcare workers are at higher risk. They're not. Elderly people are at the highest risk, hands down. The only reason healthcare workers are being vaccinated first is because, as a University of Pennsylvania professor explained, healthcare workers are more racially diverse, while nursing home residents tend to be white. So, in other words, the vaccine is being distributed according to critical race theory, not according to science. Speaking of science, why do people who aren't sick have to wear masks? You might say, well, to prevent asymptomatic transmission, but no. A new study from the University of Florida's Department of Biostatistics found that the secondary attack rate for asymptomatic index cases was not statistically different than zero. Why aren't we asking these questions? Why are we blindly following the say-so of a man like Fauci who has been wrong on basically everything and who has admitted to lying not once, but twice to the American people in order to manipulate us? If we don't ask these questions, if we don't demand answers from politicians and public health officials who are controlling our lives, we're no better than a nation of sheep. So uh, I think they may want you to go on the Church of Glad Tidings website and register for that, even though it's a free event, um, the Free and Brave Conference. And some people have worried about uh, safety and security. They were worried about that before. Uh, some people that have been uh, uh, attacked by BLM, Antifa, Groups that are, quote unquote, tolerant, but are intolerant of people that don't believe like they believe. Uh, also, people like Judy Mikovits, who who's, have been arrested without charges and without bail at times. Various people have been arrested, so they're worried about their risking their uh, sa- risking their life or safety issues. Uh, anybody, the the there will be an entire safety team that will be deployed on the property, uh, high-impact lighting, and the roadway in will be blocked, and only people can come in that will be allowed in uh, that we feel are safe. So people that want to cause trouble will be kept outside the campus, and if they try to walk in, they will be stopped. So if you're concerned about that, uh, certainly some of the high-profile speakers are because they've been used to being shut down on college campuses. Uh, I mean, you've seen this with uh, uh, Ann Coulter, 
all kinds of conservative speakers have been shut down uh, on college campuses. Same type of thing here, but we're not going to allow that. So um, you can feel free to come. So just, uh, I'm just looking at my uh, phone here. I had a little buzz on it. So you can come, come for that, get involved, or watch from afar. The other thing is going to happen that it, it, it may take a little bit more education for you to be into this is a, a guy named David Strait, former CIA agent and Navy SEAL, will be speaking on what he has learned about the inner workings of our country and what we can learn and to do to help our livelihoods against a corrupt government. In other words, he does, after serving at the deepest or highest echelons of security and seeing the inside of our politics and government, uh, he's not impressed. So uh, we're calling this conference straight out of Babylon. It's June 4, 5, and 6. There is a cost for this. I think it's just under $80, like $78 or $79. Uh, it is a three-day event. It is an it is a equipping event. It's not just an event where you think, oh, he was a great speaker, and I learned that was a bad thing or whatever. Um, you're going to learn about your rights as a constitutional American. And you're going to learn how to protect yourself and how to uh, reorient or redesign or redefine your life according to the Constitution and how to stand up against the abuses of power by the U.S. government. So uh, this guy uh, is brilliant, and uh, he served on two presidential task forces, recovered over 250 children from CPS that were taken unlawfully. Uh, created paperwork that has influenced over 800 victories in court. Uh, he's worked with tribal nations, indigenous people in the United States uh, and abroad to help restore land and sovereignty rights. Uh, he's got people out of prison that were there illegally. They were they were innocent. They weren't prosecuted properly. And he stopped people from going to prison. Uh, he knows he's he's helped people perfect their land parents uh patents and uh the the thing that's really impressive to me is he helped as a defense team member on the bundy trials and i talked about that last week of course so that's another thing coming up uh on uh and and again if you sign up for that you're going to be in for a three-day event that you can dip into uh how that's going to be recorded whether he sells that online that that I'll have to sort that out June four, five, and six. But having David Strait in town is going to be amazing. Uh, he's a bright guy. Okay, so uh, all right, let me see what I wanted to show you. So I wanted to talk about another event that's coming up because kids. One of the things uh, that the government does not want to admit, wherever you are, and that's true here locally is they don't want to admit that anything went wrong with COVID. They just want to want you to focus on, oh, we got all this CARES money and just take some money. Why don't you? They don't want to, they don't want to be reminded of the fact that all the AANA meetings, they were shut down for months. The recovery meetings at churches were shut down for months. Churches were shut down for months. In fact, I think according to Gavin Newsom, he just authorized them to open. Uh, you know, fragile people are involved in all those meetings. Mental health meetings were shut down where people go to sit and get together. And people that are struggling in life need support, camaraderie, and encouragement. And they force them to stay in their house, which psychiatrists will tell you. You don't have to 
You don't have to be a liberal or a conservative. Psychiatrists and psychologists know that it's horrible to do for children to hold them out of school, to keep them under duress for long periods of time, which happened now, it's been 16 months. So what the Church of Glad Tidings did is refuse to shut down. And during that first uh, time, as the COVID fired up, according to the government, the COVID mandates fired up in February, March of, of 2020, uh, many people's kids could not go to school and they didn't know what to do because they had to go to work. Some of them, and some of them were, were home, but they didn't know what to do with the children because they didn't have any educational sources. And uh, they, you know, public education was their source. So overnight they had to teach themselves. And so uh, Church of God Tidings, a bunch of the adults there put on a, uh, a daily camp. Uh, where they educated kids and gave them exercise and fun and, and laughter. And it was a wonderful thing. They called it ROAR, R-O-A-R. It stands for things, but I, I can't recall. It's not important today. So then, uh, so now what's going to go on this summer, the ROAR people at Church of Glad Tidings are going to put up, put on a summer camp. But instead of like a week long or two week long, they're going to do it um uh, Every Wednesday, all throughout June, July, and August. So from June 2nd to August 25th, you can drop your child, K through 5, K through 5th grade. You can d drop your child off at Church of Glad Tidings for a three-and-a-half-hour event free. Okay, 9 a.m. to 12.30, and I think they're feeding the everybody lunch. And uh, it's going to be an educational time. It's going to be a activity time, a fun time, and uh, just a enriching time for kids. And so uh, that's located at 1179 Eager Road in Live Oak, California, or some people think of that as just north of Yuba City. 1179 Eager Road is right between Highway 99 and Live Oak Boulevard. So, again, you, you have three and a half hours drop your children off and you can go have some free time or get some time to go do some things and get get done and pop back after lunch pick up a fed kid that's happy and go spend the rest of your day so from june 2nd to august 25th every wednesday from 9 to noon 30 and fun and food good food not not junk food so if you want to dip into that, you don't have to be a member or interested in Glad Tidings. You can just sit. You could just say, you know, something. My child could use three and a half hours of like romp, like get it on. They do not have to wear a mask if they want to wear a mask. Uh, that's fine, but they're not going to be required to social distance. They're not going to be required to wear a mask or any foolishness. Uh, they're going to be free free Americans at Glad Tidings, okay? So get it on. If you have any questions, you can dial up out there Tuesday through Friday uh, at 671-3160-530 is the area code, 530-671-3160. And just say, I'm interested. I have questions about the ROAR thing. And uh, let's see. Anyone on our, Okay. I don't know whether Roar, you might look up Roar on Facebook and see if they have their own Facebook page. They may have, and you can follow the action there. They'll probably post videos there. Lots of fun stuff. Well, I wanted to move on now and, and uh, 
Ben Franklin said uh, something that that's uh, I love, and uh, I love some of the quotes of the uh, people from the past. Uh, we build, you know, we hopefully don't discard the past like BLM and Antifa want to do, destroy our past. But we learn from the mistakes and the successes of our past, and uh, we grow from it. Uh, nobody had perfect parents. Nobody had perfect grandparents. Nobody had perfect uh, elected representatives. But we learn from them, and we grow from them. Say so we don't want to make that mistake again. So Ben Franklin said, we are all born ignorant. Uh, probably most people could agree with that. But one must work hard to remain stupid. What he's saying is that there's there's a way to the, the Bible says that the the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, right? Ben Franklin and many of the founding fathers believe that a, a respect, not fear like I'm afraid of a murderer, but fear being respect and honor and uh, respect for the word of God and that the word of God has something to teach you. I was talking to somebody the other day that was going to take over and lead an organization, and I just said to her. I said, you know, if you remain humble and you're always teachable, uh, you can always make a correction in er any area of your life. So uh, so Franklin was focusing on the fact that you really have to work at staying stupid. And that's in colonial times when there was an Internet there. I mean, uh, one time in my life when I left home where there was if you remember, if you're very old, you had encyclopedias. And that's what you had. That's all you knew, unless you went to the library and sought out other books. And encyclopedias were fascinating. And uh, but eventually, uh, those gave way, uh, and the internet started, which was a was an amazing thing. Right? You could look up anything you wanted. And so, encyclopedias, the sale of encyclopedias, kind of crashed. And so. When Ben Franklin said, you must work hard to remain stupid, honestly, if you're really serious and you're, you're impartial and you're an honest researcher like a scientist, a real true scientist that has a hypothesis or an assumption about how things are, and then you go out to really look at all the facts, positive and negative, or here and there, you're going to learn, and you're probably going to learn, learn about the truth, whether you actually had whether it lines up with your political philosophy or not. So um, I love that saying. And so many people today that I look at that I thought I knew, I thought they looked at life the way I did, but I learned through COVID, but they don't. And they actually see life totally different than I do. And they believe in all this baloney about lockdowns and masks and standing on an X and washing your hands incessantly and doing this and doing that, that you're going to save your life. Totally crazy. And, uh, you can, you know, uh, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and all these things are not any good. And you just trust us and put you on a ventilator, which does no good. So anyway, uh, that's the one must work hard to remain stupid. There's a lot of people that have been trying, you know, one of the things that traumatize people is you scare them to death. And the, the system, the way this COVID thing was happened is to scare people to death. You threaten them. Well, if you don't do what we say, you're going to die. And you're and also you're going to you're so contagious that you're going to infect everybody around you. That was all a lie. But it scared the hell out of people. And so if you scare the people enough, they just go stupid on you. 
and they quit thinking and they just they just respond uh, kind of like a robot. And that's what's going on when you see people driving down today, 16 months after the threats, with a mask on alone in their car. They're driving along with a mask. That There's something stupid about that that you can't fix easy. So this, uh, I'm going to talk about, hopefully before we get over today, I'm going to talk some about this Russian, uh, oh, what do you call him? He, he escaped Russia. He fled Russia. And he came to the United States, and he used to work with the KGB. And he said, and I'm going to talk about him by name later, uh, he said that in two days uh, with with mental harassment of people, scaring them and uh, harassing them, uh, they could break a person to the point that they could get them to do anything, and they would even do things that are totally made no sense, like wear a mask or stand on an X or not stand within six feet, Right or not not get together with people. They call them now, I noticed, and I'm going to talk about this later as well, they have camps. The reason war, Roar is starting is these camps now are going to be little prison camps for kids. And you got a double mask, and you, you have to live within a cohort. You know this new term, cohort? It's real popular on the college campus, being used everywhere. Those are communist terms that you cannot intermingle with other people because they don't want you sharing information. So you have to stay with your little six buddies or something. They call them cohorts. Those are all communist-type terms that are being used on communist uh, on uh, communist campuses in our United States. So you think, oh, Lou, you're exaggerating. No, uh, you just don't know what you're talking about because uh, the the move of communism and totalitarianism is so slow— and methodical that you just continually given these small incremental changes in your lifestyle. I want you to think about say a year and a half ago or two years ago and look all the freedoms that you've lost. Like I, I used to fly to Vietnam or another uh, Southeast Asian country two to three times a year. I haven't been since COVID because they shut, shut all the airways down. I know many of my friends have got, wanted to go on anniversary trips that they had planned already paid for birthday trips planned and paid for, seeing somebody on the other side of the world, all shut down. Freedom's gone. Uh, your, your ability to go into certain places have been eliminated unless you're, uh, if you've got a positive or a negative or how you want to look at it, a clean PCR test that's totally a joke, totally corrupt, totally fallacious. Ne- just a, It'd be like taking a plastic straw and making up, sticking it, sticking it in your urine or something like that and then hocus pocus and spray something on it and say oh yeah you're positive it's that ridiculous the whole thing is a fraud and yet everybody's going along with it it just really it's sad uh it's really sad but that's what's going on and uh i want to talk about a guy that that went along to get along got along to uh, went along to get along uh his name is Martin Niemöller. You may have heard, heard he has a quote that's famous, but Martin Niemöller was a German, became a German pastor, a Lutheran pastor, and he, he was born in 1892 and died in 1984. He was very prominent in Germany when the Nazis took over. He emerged as an outspoken foe uh, of Adolf Hitler and spent the last seven years of his Nazi uh of Hitler's rule, last seven years of his rule in a concentration camp, Martin Niemöller. However, he he embarrassed himself because he did not he did not protect the Jewish people. He is perhaps best remembered for his post-war words 
and I'm going to read those to you in a minute. Uh, but let me give you a little bit of background because he's just like us, Martin Niemöller. You know, we used to, I, I've been doing church for about 40 some years. And before that, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. It was a good home. They just didn't, they didn't know anything about Jesus. So had some weird sound here. So anyway, um, in 1920, he decided to follow the path of his father and be, began seminary training at the University of Munster. Uh, Niemöller enthusiastically welcomed it. See, the beginning, he welcomed the Third Reich. But a turning point in Niemöller's political sympathies came with a January 1934 meeting with Adolf Hitler when he and two prominent Protestant bishops uh, got together to discuss state pressure on churches. State pressure on churches. You seen that anywhere lately? Well, uh, Newsom shut down all the churches in California. And so uh, at the meeting, it became clear that Niemöller's phone had been tapped by the Gestapo. His phone, not cell phone, just his regular house phone, whatever they had back then, right? It also was clear that the pastor's emergency league called Pell, which Niemöller had helped found, was under close surveillance. Anyway, first they... He wrote this in a book after he was reflecting honestly about his mistakes uh, when he went along with the Nazis. When he when he really saw things clearly, he didn't see things totally clearly, but he saw things that were going on and he he didn't have the backbone to stand up is what the, the problem was. So first, what he said was, he said, first, they came for the socialists. The Nazis he's talking about. First they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for, for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I am not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. Uh, he, he later said uh, thus, he said thus when I, he said in a book, that he wrote later in 1946, he confessed. He says, whenever I have a chance to meet a Jew known to me before, then as a Christian, I cannot but tell him, dear friend, I stand in front of you, but we cannot get together for there is guilt between us. I have sinned and my people has sinned against your people and against yourself. So that's we have a lot of Martin Niemöllers running around right now. They can't make a decision. They in private, they're saying a lot of private things, but they will not stand up, and it's going to be big problems coming. So uh, we'll be right back to the end of our second segment. It's called a wok. It's used to cook Chinese vegetables. Oh. No offense. I'm not Chinese. Well, you were once, uh, around about 4th or 5th century. I'll be 46 in April. 
I don't see a happy birthday. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Climate Realism video series. Today, we're talking about my favorite news source, CNN. When I say favorite, it's my favorite to talk about. It's not my favorite to watch or listen to or anything of that sort, but let's get into it. So CNN put out an article titled, The Slowing Down of Ocean Currents Could Have a Devastating Effect on Our Climate. Now this is interesting because over the past several years, most mainstream news sources, or as I like to say, corporate news sources, have been saying that ocean currents are speeding up and that's gonna have dire consequences for us. Now, if only I could do a quick Google search and find a plethora of examples of this, that would be really helpful for this video. Here they are. On February 6th, 2020, NASA published an article titled, Arctic Ice Melt is Changing Ocean Currents. The article claimed that global warming is speeding up ocean currents. According to the article, a major ocean current in the Arctic is faster and more turbulent as a result of rapid sea ice melt, a new study from NASA shows. The current is part of a delicate Arctic environment that is now flooded with fresh water, an effect of human-caused climate change. Also on February 6, 2020, Scientific American published an article titled, Ocean Currents Are Speeding Up Driven by Faster Winds. The article claims, Climate change may in part be spurring the acceleration which could change how heat and nutrients are pushed around the ocean. On February 5th, 2020, Science Magazine published an article titled, Global Warming is Speeding Up Earth's Massive Ocean Currents. Are you starting to get the picture here? On February 6th, 2020, the website Live Science published an article titled, Ocean Currents Are Getting Faster. Now, to ensure that the public was adequately frightened by this disastrous speeding up of ocean currents, the Washington Post reporter Chris Mooney published an article on February 5th, 2020 titled, World's Oceans Are Speeding Up, Another Megascale Consequence of Climate Change. According to the article, it's the latest dramatic finding about the stark transformation of the global ocean, joining revelations about massive coral die-offs, upheaval to fisheries, ocean-driven melting of the Greenland and Antarctic ice sheets, increasingly intense ocean heat waves, and accelerating sea level rise. This suggests the Earth might actually be more sensitive to climate change than our simulations can currently show. Those simulations said that we would all be dead by like the year 2000, so I don't know, I'm not buying that claim. So apparently we are supposed to forget everything that we had read and that I just said that the ocean currents are speeding up because now CNN says all predictions show, all the predictions show that ocean currents are slowing down, you know, just as we thought they were. So again, they're just, they take it, whatever's happening, they'll just say that their predictions actually expected this and then claim that it's causing disastrous consequences. And it's all due to climate change, which is all due to humans. So unless like ocean currents just literally never changed and stayed the exact same speed forever, which is a ridiculous notion, they're just gonna report that their predictions said this would happen and then they're gonna say it's disastrous. So this is just junk. I wanted to talk about it because it's an article that's making rounds right now. I hope this is helpful. I hope that you know, showing that CNN is completely gaslighting everyone is helpful. And it's Andy Singer with the Heartland Institute. I'll catch you next time. Attention prisoner, this is your cop captain speaking. First, on behalf of the police department, I'd like to thank you for picking our jurisdiction for an arrest. We know you had your choice of cities. Visibility is clear today. In fact, if you look out the left side, you'll see your car being towed away. We're set for an on-time arrival to the jail. You'll be entering through cell number four, where you'll be served a mildly warm hot pocket. Until then, sit back and enjoy the ride and contemplate your ridiculous life decisions. Attention prisoner, I'll be your police officer for this little of the trip. Sit back on the hard plastic seats and enjoy the ride. Oh, attention prisoner, this is your cop captain speaking. Hope you're settling in okay and enjoying a reduced amount of leg room compared to your normal modes of travel. 
In reviewing your criminal history, I'd like to congratulate you as it does show us that you are what we call a frequent flyer, so welcome to the club. Great news is those miles could be applied to your account today in exchange for Bibles, romance books, or tasty snacks during your stay at the local jail. In addition to that, there are a few other perks that come along with your membership. For example, you've qualified for the right to enjoy staying silent on your ride. In fact, we encourage it as you've already irritated our staff enough. Should you choose to open your mouth further, just be aware that it could come back to bite you. As a bonus, at the end of your trip today, lawyers will be coming down the aisle, offering their free services. And by free, I mean that functional members of society that can actually control their anger issues like grown-ups will be there to help defend you in court at the taxpayer's expense. These and other amazing benefits await you, as always. We know that you had your choice of cities to get arrested in, so thank you. All right, welcome back. Uh, so we're talking about Martin Niemöller, who is famous. Uh, he's famous for the quotes I just gave you. And he's famous for being honest. And he wrote books about how he uh, did not do his job as a, as a spiritual leader. And he talked about how the church's uh, pressure was put on the churches. I just read where a church in China in Shenzhen, Shenzhen used to be a small fishing village on the border of uh, mainland China and uh, uh, Hong Kong. Hong Kong was free. Mainland China was communist and the British ran uh, Hong Kong. And so Shenzhen uh, developed because of China's embracing of uh, free enterprise on the eastern zone of China. They allowed manufacturing. They allowed people to have their own businesses, even though it was communist run and communist communism had to control those businesses, just like communism is now taking over places like Amazon.com. They've made league with Home Depot, Lowe's, all the big box stores. That's why they got to stay open, because they bought into they they made a compact with all these major stores and they knew that they couldn't make a compact with independent business people, so they just shut them down and turned them non-essential. Now, if you can't follow this, you're in real trouble. Uh, you have a flat spot on your brain, and it may be uh, that you're going to come awake way too late. So uh, so what's happening here in, in Germany is uh, Martin Niemöller saw the light, but it took him being put in a person— persecuted in a concentration camp fortunately they didn't hang him like they did Dietrich Bonhoeffer who was also also a Lutheran theologian who tried to actually kill uh, Adolf Hitler in a plot to save the country uh, but he was arrested and he was hung just a few weeks ahead of the uh, treaty uh, he was hung in Flossburg prison Dietrich Bonhoeffer you can read all about him people that I know that are church leaders in this area, in Yuba Sutter, are proud of Dietrich Bonhoeffer and use him as as a, a devotional. They read, they use him as they quote him, but the problem is they won't live like him, and they won't stand up against evil. In fact, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer had a chance to leave, flee Germany, like many people did before it got really bad, and come to America. And, but he wouldn't leave because he wanted to stay and fight for the uh, survival of his country and, and the freedom of, of the German people. He gave his life for that. But uh, you don't remember a lot of people about Germany, uh, a lot of the good people, the famous people. Uh, sometimes movies are made 
about famous people like Schindler, Schindler's List. But but Bonhoeffer is well known, but he died. But I was thinking about Bonhoeffer earlier today, and I was thinking how here we are. Uh, what are we? Eighty years, um, almost eighty years since the World War II, and Bonhoeffer still lives. But unfortunately, many of the church leaders that tout or record or re, re, uh, repeat Bonhoeffer's comments and his books do not live like Bonhoeffer and do not really, they say one thing and they do something else. And some people refer to those people as hypocrites. And so they shut down their churches. They voluntarily shut down their churches. Now in Shenzhen, which has now gone from a, a fishing village to factories, one factory uh, factory. There's a book a friend of mine gave me called factory girls. And it's, it's not a, a, a sexual book or weird book. It's a really a book about the life of village girls leaving their very primitive lifestyle and going and living in the factories where they have dorms for the girls. They never go home. They, they live in communal dorms and uh, what it's like to live there and the changes that have happened to them. One factory in Shenzhen has 70,000, not 7,000. I know my numbers, 70,000 workers. And, and it's entire city around this factory. There's schools for the little kids. There's grocery stores and everything. They never have to leave the factory, basically. They just go back to the room and sleep. They sleep maybe 10 people to a room, women. And uh, so that... Shenzhen, if you cross the border and get on the subway in Shenzhen, which I've done many times, and if it's moving time when the people move, it's shoulder to shoulder. Nobody even hardly sits down. There's seats, a few seats on the edge, but most people just push in, go shoulder to shoulder, and you just stay on there till you get to your your, uh, next spot and you jump off. But it's just hundreds and millions. There's millions of people in Shenzhen. So what they did just recently is they raided a church in Shenzhen. The Chinese, the Chinese communists just came in, arrested people, and burned the place down. Now, that's what's going on in China. Those, that's pressure on churches. The churches are shutting down in Vietnam because why? Because they say, well, you can't be in a, you can't be in a room all close like that. And uh, same way it happened right here. They said, oh, you can't be in any group. Now, you can go to a casino. You can go to a concert in a casino. You could eat in a casino, but you can't eat outside a casino. You can't, you can't go to a, any group gathering like a church or a AA meeting, NA meeting. You can't go to a movie. You can't go to any concerts or anything, all those, that kind of sh- because uh, we're going to save your life, right? Quarantining sick people... Uh, that is a, uh, you know, putting sick people in a place and taking care of them, that's called quarantine. When you take healthy people and, and cordon them off, that's called tyranny, folks. That's just the way it is. Everything about COVID was wrong. It was illegal. It was a ripoff. The people that controlled the COVID uh, mandates all made bank. They all made bank. You look at all your supervisors, all your heads of the county departments, those people are making two, 300000 some of them, some of these psychiatrists here, uh, behavioral health, making $500,000. None of them missed a paycheck. They didn't miss a hamburger. They didn't miss anything. They got all their benefits. They got all their retirement. They got all their vacation time, sick time, everything time. Uh, and, and they just, nobody shed tears over their neighbor that only made $35,000 a year and had to, had to quit work, had to shut down their business, had to quit going to work. 
They didn't worry. They didn't suggest, oh, we'll, we'll share some of that. Some of those Yuba County supervisors are getting $90,000 a year. None of them suggested, I'll give, I'll give up half my money to these families that lost everything. No, no, no. It, it just it shows where, you know, the, the government, what they consider charity is taking your money and giving it to somebody else. They don't come out of their pocket with money ever. So uh, that's what's going on here. It's a total ripoff. And uh, and the, it's amazing to me that I was just talking to a friend of mine. He's a medical doctor. He said he was in Walmart and then he went over to Home Depot and he said, Lou, I don't wear a mask. But he said. I was shocked at how many people nobody was forcing you to wear a mask when he went in. And he said, I was shocked at how many people were wearing masks and it just, they're just stupid. They're just a stupid thing. It's actually bad for your health. Now there's a meme that I was sent guy standing uh, you know what a uh, life vest is to keep you floating and you don't know how to swim or you're boating or whatever you're doing skiing it says the CDC now recommends wearing a life vest, even when you're not near any water. That makes sense to you? You know, it's it's interesting. If you do analogies with people, they just look at you cockeyed because they can't get it. They just can't get it. So you stand outside. The CDC is now re- recommending wearing a life vest even when you are not near any water. That's how stupid the whole CDC is. The, the, a person at a, at a rally had, a, had a, uh, a homemade sign said, the new symbol of tyranny, and he has a picture of a, a mask. Uh, that you would put around your ears. You know, the interesting thing, I, I had to go to court recently. Some of you know about this if you're around this area because the county filed a restraining order against me for threatening the life of the uh, the uh, health health officer here over a period of months. I've been talking about this for 16 months. And uh, so when I went to court uh, to uh, respond it was so disappointing to me and I have high respect for judges and, um, uh, I don't for attorneys, but I, I have a lot of respect for judges because they are the arbiters of our societies society. When there are problems, whether somebody commits a crime or if there's a dispute over a business or there has to be a separation of a family or there's kids that need to be sorted out and, sent someplace because they don't have a parent anymore. It's a, it's a, it's a very important job being a judge and I appreciate them. And, uh, we, you know, what you want is judges, not that are popular or they were in a popularity contest, but you want judges that are very wise people and they're, they aren't partisan. They aren't liberal or Republican, but they, they, uh, judge righteously. The Bible says people should judge righteously. So it was really disappointing to me because in, in court, you have to take an, uh, an oath. They didn't give me an oath for some reason. I guess they don't in a civil trial, but a civil thing like this, uh, I had, but if you, in criminal court where I've testified in cases, uh, I had to swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. But the papers that I were given were full of lies And I told the attorneys, I said, obviously, you don't subscribe to the same belief I have. So uh, but what was disappointing to me in the courthouse was that the the head judge of that manages the infrastructure of the courthouse sets the rules on dress and protocol and decorum and stuff like that, which is fine. But 
the what we're really after in a court of law is honesty, right? The truth. We're after for we're after honesty, no matter what the trial is, no matter what the issue is. That it, we're we're debating a child's life. We're sorting out whether somebody got paid right in a contract. Whatever we're trying to sort out, we're trying to get to the truth, right? We're trying to be honest, right? And and we're trying to be not just tell us one side of the story. We're trying to tell the whole story, right? All the sides to the story, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help you God. So it's so frustrating to walk in and they're mandating that you wear a mask, which is proven by top medical people as nonsense. And yet we could not be in the courtroom without a mask because the head judge said so. And it ruled over all, over all the courtrooms. So in other words, now it doesn't matter what the truth is. What matters is like, like judge uh, barrier, who was our judge and is a good judge. He, he said, I I'm, I'm under the rule of this house. Just like anybody, I have to wear a mask. You have to wear a mask. That was the deal. So I have to follow the rules. You have to follow the rules. The fact is, the rules are not the truth. The, it, <laughs> we, what are we just wearing a mask for? Just because somebody said, now in America, everybody's got to wear a mask? In fact, the other day, uh, Fauci said, Tony Fauci said, even though we're all going to be vaccinated, he's wanting everybody to be vaccinated, you still have to wear a mask. So th- this article talks about CDC and masks, the unmasking of the truth. And uh, he says, this guy's saying, how reliable are government declarations that mask mandates prevent the spread of coronavirus? Our recent experience with researchers from U.S. centers has left us less than confident that the public should trust the CDC's published research, much less any other pronouncement based on that research. Now, listen, I there was a time in my life where I thought, oh, if the CDC said it. God bless them, man. Those people are pure as a white drifting snow. Just pure, pure, pure. And those people are just there to protect me and to care for me and my loved ones. And what they say, that's got to be God's truth right there. The fact is, it isn't. They're liars. And they are political beings. And they really aren't. Uh, they aren't even a part of the U.S. government in one sense. They get funded by the U.S. government, but they are working against the conservatives in this country. So th- this uh, this is a Heritage Foundation article, I believe. It's written by Norbert Michel. He's a Ph.D. and Doug Bader, and it, they write for the Heritage Foundation. It's a respected group. And so uh, they they say that the CDC is just flat wrong and they're lying about and they know better and they're lying. Uh, He said the CDC paper argues that the mandates were actually a success. And they quote uh, tests that were done in Kansas, but they actually uh, interpret and repeat the test results fraudulently and misapply the facts. And uh, on March 19th, they say CDC abruptly changed its guidance for classrooms, saying that the desks need only to be three feet apart rather than six feet apart. The agencies knew 
science brief, quote unquote, it wasn't. There's no science behind any of this. It's all hocus pocus, people. They just came up with a plan and jammed it up your nose. The agency's new science brief, quote unquote, on the subject does not cite a single classroom based study that found desks should be kept six feet apart, but lists numerous studies supporting the one meter or 3.3 feet standard uh, long favored by the World Health Organization and American Academy of Pediatrics. Now, the World Health Organization is not the friend of, of the free Americans. It is communist. China runs the World Health Organization from behind the, the curtain. This, these mask mandates are totally fraudulent, and they have one mission, and that is to control you. And once they get you to wear a mask, then they'll get you to do something else, and they'll get you to something else. When I first went to Beijing in the early 1990s, people all wore blue uniforms. Just think about that. They all wore they all drove bicycles because nobody could afford a car. There were jillions of bicycles going down the street. There were buses. But people rode uh, in and they wore blue Mao uh, outfits. There were pants for women and men with a button up the front uh, that buttoned right up to your neck. And then they had a little cap. And they were it's it's if you look at the old photos of Mao Zedong, the the uh, dictator that and rebel that overthrew the government of China to make it communist, you'll see Mao wearing, that's a military-style uniform for the revolutionaries back then. And in 19, in the early 1990s, 1990 it may have been, uh, I was there just two years after, two, two and a half years after Tiananmen Square, where they mowed down thousands of students that were just peacefully protesting in, in uh, Tiananmen Square, which is a big government square that's, gosh, it must be a quarter mile each way. It's big. And uh, they they took flamethrowers and guns, shot them, drove over them with tanks, burned them up, uh, cleaned up, pulled up the the block pavers, and put new pavers down. After they took all the people, they killed thousands of people. They were in the hotel room that I stayed in, on the outside concrete sides of the hotel. Uh, you can see bullet holes in the hotel. It wasn't like anybody shooting at the military. Nobody had guns. It was the military mowing down. Uh, their own students, their young students. Um, and so what's going on today is the same thing here that, that happened there. And, and they're in uh, the people in China. If you stand up and say anything against the government, Vietnam, Laos, you will be taken off the streets and put in a concentration camp and be tortured. That's just the way it is. We're getting there right now. And right now it's uh, the, the uh, what you call, you've heard of the cancel culture. If you do not speak the company line, and I got all kinds of people that say, oh, we believe the same thing you do, Lou, but we can't speak up because we're going to lose our job. We're going to lose this. We're going to lose that. Our kids might be taken away from us. We just adopted a kid. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. So when I go into the courtroom and everybody in there is masked up and they explain to us, hey, 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 I know you guys don't wear a mask, but when you're in the courtroom, you got to wear a mask because... That's just the way we do it here, right? Uh, doesn't have anything to do with truth or honesty or knowledge. It just has to do with compliance. It's communist compliance. It's very. It's embarrassing for me to even talk about it, but it's the truth because I care about the judges that are in Yuba County. Uh, 
I've I've done a lot of work with people that are troubled people, that the judges were very uh, kind to the people and tried to help them get into rehabs. I, I drive people to rehabs all the time. I like these judges. They do a lot of good work. But what they're doing now with going along to get along is absurd. So uh, anyway, this Heritage article says, we also know that the lockdowns didn't deliver on the promised health benefits. States that adhered to stringent lockdown strategies like California and New York report similar numbers of cases on a population-adjusted basis as those that impose fewer restrictions like Florida and Texas. I talked a little bit about this last week. There was like 45% difference. So, indeed, California's overall rate of what epidemiologists call excess mortality, uh, the total number of deaths in a given period of time compared to historic trend, is well above the national average. California's death is well above the national average and considered higher than Florida's, particularly among young adults, uh, which are generally immune. Now, they're making all these rules on classrooms. Kids will die more from the flu, way more from the flu than they will COVID. But they're making all these rules based upon COVID and wrapping kids' faces with masks, wrapping kids' faces and masks down to two years old. It's totally absurd. It's almost weekly now. You'll read where an airline threw a family. I saw where a family got thrown off the, a plane because, God forbid, their autistic child could not maintain a mask, and they were rude and unkind. Listen, people, this are, these are crimes against these families and they're getting away with it. They're getting away with more every single week. We'll be right back. We're halfway through the show. And uh, hang with us. out there about the coronavirus. Well, I was just recently sent an email from the experts and they have really nailed down some guidelines that might help with the confusion. So let me just share them. Basically, you shouldn't leave your house unless you need to leave your house. Also really important to eat healthy, but you should also stay at your home and eat whatever is in your house. Masks are completely useless unless you have an N95 mask. But a mask could save your life. There's really no treatment for this virus, um, but some people are taking hydroxychloroquine and it's working. Uh, but uh, too much hydroxychloroquine could kill you. And too much ibuprofen could kill you too. So. You should definitely, definitely not go to a hospital unless you need to go to a hospital. In order to not get this virus, you need to be really, really healthy. Uh, you need to be going for walks, getting vitamin D, but you also should not be going outside. There are lots of symptoms with this virus, uh, one of those being a fever, but you could also be sick with no symptoms. Gloves are also useless, but gloves also help. The virus can stay on surfaces for two 
to four to six hours to, to ten days. This virus really doesn't impact children, uh, except for the children it impacts. This virus is really deadly, but it's not Ebola deadly or HIV AIDS deadly, but it's scary. It's really scary. We should all stay locked in our homes until this goes away, but the only way it's going to go away is if we are exposed and collectively we build up an immunity. This virus does not impact animals, except a tiger did test positive for the virus in New York City. Hopefully this video has cleared up some of the confusion. Best of luck out there, guys. All right, y'all asked me to cover one last thing. Trump's saying when the looting starts, the shooting starts. I don't know where y'all are from, but I'm from Texas, okay? That's not a race thing. That's a common sense thing. Looting is theft that usually has violence involved. I don't know anyone in my state that thinks that's a smart idea. Because you best believe I'm going to protect me and mine any day, any time. And we don't take too kind of people threatening our property either. But here's the great thing. If you're not trespassing or stealing anything, you remove yourself from that situation of getting shot. It's really not rocket science. If y'all took the same amount of energy that you put into trying to make Trump look bad and use it to help your communities not destroy them, put it towards coming together as a united people and looking at each other like human beings and not by colors, we'd be in a real different situation right now. Strange days have found us. Strange days have tracked us down. They're So they go here, they say, uh, says a recent op-ed written by Martin Koldorf and Jay Bhattacharya. Uh, these guys, I don't know whether Koldorf is from the East Coast. Jay is from Stanford University. The recent op-ed does not bode well for such scientific rigor. It details how five prominent scientists face the modern-day Inquisition. That's what's happening everywhere. Nobody can say anything against this because there's an Inquisition coming their way. You say, you did wrong. You killed people. You did this. You did that. You, you caused people to die because of your uh, egregious rules. So these are top, these are PhD type people in the United States, high up in their profession, Martin Koldorf and Jay Bhattacharya. You can look these guys up and listen to them on YouTube. Do it yourself. It does not bode well for such scientific rigor. Prominent scientists in this country who opposed COVID and said this is baloney, the COVID restrictions, faced modern day inquisition over their coronavirus sorry, coronavirus-related work. And it is difficult to judge which of these cases is the most disheartening. It is rather sad, for example, that the Journal of American Medical Association published an opinion piece by doctor attacking Dr. Scott Atlas without engaging in his ideas. In other words, Scott Atlas questioned a lot of things, and they just trashed him. They destroyed him. They carpet-bombed him. Same thing happens to me. They just people carpet bomb them. I'm okay with it. I, I, I'm not highly educated, but I know what the truth is on this. And I'm going to keep speaking the truth until I'm gone. And then I, I did, did the right thing, right? I'm not going to, I tell somebody today, my dad fought in World War II when he joined and my uncle Bill joined. 
They joined until they either died or they came home free, right? Or they came home speaking uh, another language because the Nazis took over. But it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go in for a two-year, four-year, three-year hitch, or I'm going to make a career of this. It wasn't about that. It was about, hey, we're going to fight till we die. So it says here, still, it is difficult to judge if the case is worse than the one of epidemiologist Carl Hennigan, the head of University of Oxford Center for, Center for Evidence-Based Medicine. UK officials attacked Hennigan after he publicized serious errors in the official UK coronavirus statistics. And an article in the Guardian implied, Guardian implied that Hennigan is part of the anti-science lobby, for goodness sakes, after he pointed out that the only publicized, the only published randomized study on mask wearing suggests that masks may not be effective in protect, protecting against the infection. He can't even say that now because now he's anti-science when he proves that there's no science to say that if this isn't, I've I've had people that are more sane on LSD than what these people are. Don't tell me these people. I'm I'm amazed that people will blindly follow Dr. Lou and any other health official that's saying this nonsense. I was talking to people today that said, Lou, there's a bunch of doctors that believe what you do, but they will not come out because they will be uh, they will be uh, canceled. They will be attacked. They will lose their job, just like Simone Gold lost her job, just like the uh, emergency room doctors in uh, Muir Hospital lost their jobs uh, because they uh, took a different view of COVID and they actually told the, the school system they ought to go back to school. Government officials and the American people depend on legitimate. I want you to listen to this. The days of honest, legitimate uh, messages from the, from the medical community are over. They're all being controlled by big pharma and by big government, and they cannot speak the truth unless they're going to go out and lose all these people. I'm telling you, the people we come that have coming to this next uh, free and brave have all paid a dear price to stand up for what they believed in. Said the government officials and American people depend on legitimate scientific study, and they have shown extraordinary deference to the CDC throughout this past year. The CDC has lied and and been defrauding the public repeatedly during COVID. The deference rests on the presumption that the agency's recommendations to shutter businesses, close schools, restrict public worship, and enforce mask mandates have a solid basis in science. They 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 gave the CDC people gave the CDC the benefit of the doubt. And there's people out there today that call me a racist POS because they believe that I just feel bad for them because it's a lie. They've been, they've been sold a bill of goods communist style and they've been, they've been taught to be fearful and they will do whatever the government tells them to do. Government official, let's see, he said that confidence, that confidence in, in a medical, in the medical community, in many instances, appears appears to be misplaced, according to the heritage writers. As the public health emergency abates, Congress, the media, and the American public should heavily scrutinize the agencies that talk about the CDC, agencies' procedures and practices. All right, I'm going to go on down here. There's a lot. Get ready for double masking summer camp. Now, these are the rules for summer camp, according to the, this communist organization, the CDC. Uh, the, the rules are 
Everyone at the camp, including staff and every kid over the age of two, must wear masks at all times unless they are eating or swimming. They should wear two layers, two layers of masks, especially when social distancing is difficult, regardless of whether activities are indoors or outdoors. Remember, they used to be different COVID indoors and outdoors. Now they're just saying, no biggie, two masks everywhere you go. Campers should be placed in cohorts. You mean that's a communist term? It's just kind of like many of my friends have been on prison yards. And when you're on a prison yard, you're you're categorized as level this or level that, depending on your crime. And then you're told to not not mix with other cohorts. Right. You're kept in cohorts. It's a communist prison uh, and uh, camp term. Campers should be placed in cohorts and their interaction with people outside their cohort must be limited. So I'm in a cohort, man, I'm, I'm in the two, number two cohort. We got six people, but I can't have an interaction with the guys or gals in the number three cohort or number four cohort. That's what this is. Totally ridiculous for children. Children should just be run free and let them interact with all kinds of people. This is totally communist garbage. They should always be at least three feet apart between campers of the same cohort and six feet apart between campers. This is like psychological manipulation, people. This doesn't have anything to do with health. Staff should keep six feet apart from campers at all times, whether they're inside or outside. Distance should be maintained while eating, napping, or riding the bus. CDC suggests seating kids in alternate rows. So totally ridiculous. The use of physical objects that might be shared among kids, toys, art supplies, electronics should be limited wherever possible. Camp should not uh, permit close contact sports or indoor sports and should should require masks regardless. In other words, sports, indoor sports, uh, if, if whatever you do activity wise, you got to wear a mask. Totally ridiculous. Bad for your health. To recap, the government is calling for double masking, putting kids in cohorts to limit social interaction, no sharing items, no contact sports for summer camps, uh, which are for, you know, children, a population that the CDC admits is more likely to die of the common flu to COVID. History shows us that turning to the government for short term problems solving doesn't really make them go away. It just turns them into a long term problem. Think about it. COVID is one of the greatest gifts the government has ever been given. Before this virus came on the scene, the economy was generally in amazing shape and unemployment at a record low and the stock market at a record high. But when people started getting sick, everybody started looking to authority figures to make them feel better like someone was going to take control. Daily press conferences with Dr. Fauci became a hallmark of the times. America said glued to the TVs with their bated breath, waiting to hear the fate of the country from the guy who didn't know they didn't even know existed two weeks prior. Where did this guy even come from? He just like he added water and he popped up out of the glass. Somewhere people, somewhere between the calls to wear masks, orders to stay home, and mandatory quarantines, this country got a taste of F-E-A-R, the F word. That's why even when science proves that we're safe to return to our daily lives, much of the country refuses to return to normal, right? You just refuse to turn to normal. You're just not going to go back to normal. Your brain has been reset by propaganda. Fear, it says, is a heck of a drug, and it's got a lot of people hooked. 
It really has, hasn't it? You see it out there every day. We got people fighting with people, telling me, "Yeah, we ain't been a mask on." I've had people tell me that. I said, "I said, let me tell you something, pops. Guy, guy was younger than me. I said, let me tell you what's going to happen here in a few weeks. Uh, you think you're going to take that mask off?" He said, "Yeah, I'm going to take it off when when this is done." I said, it "Ain't going to be done, dude. You, that mask is a permanent fixture since you're you're now wearing it for nothing. It's just a big fraud." And he got all angry at me. But I'll guarantee you that dude, it's been months now since I saw him. And that dude's wearing his mask today. I'm sure of it. He's just a sissy. He's, he's, a, he's a robot. It says, while millions of Americans are double masking, self-isolating, obsessing over case numbers to get their fear fix, the government is reaping the benefits. The past year, says the past year conditioned much of the country to accept medical advice from a bunch of bureaucrats and politicians. And if we take, if we'll take orders from them on health, they know we'll take orders on every other thing. Watch this nightmare unfold over the, watching the nightmare unfold over the last year showed me how powerful our country's fear addiction is. Here's from, from England. Swimming pool tells swimmers, to exhale underwater, not look at or talk to others. Now, this is communist control. This is not a joke, people. Uh, a lengthy set of COVID-19 rules mandated by the operators of a swimming pool in London include asking swimmers to exhale underwater as well as not to look at or talk to other people. Now, that is total com- – that's just prison. That's just prison management. When I went to Folsom Prison for a tour – uh, with a parole officer that asked me to come there. It was a personal tour. And so I noticed in prison that there's lines, all kinds of lines and arrows and, and directives and that prisoners uh, are told to walk with their shoulder right next to the wall. Uh, there are, there's all kind of directives on how they're supposed to stand, behave, move apart, move together, do this, do that. That's exactly what this, where this is all coming from. Even the concept of lockdown is a prison concept where they lock down the prison to get control of the prison because there's riot or some people are misbehaving or they lit mattresses on fire. So they do a lockdown. Says the rules posted to Twitter in response to a tweet by rapper Zuby in which he stated third world countries are now more free than first world countries. Now, I will tell you that in Vietnam right now, in some ways, it's more free than uh, than the United States. They do not have this think control and talk control the way it's going on, the craziness that's going on here. But I don't want to get sidetracked. Soon at the pool this morning, uh, well, it tells. Let me tell you about what's what the rules are at this swimming pool, municipal swimming pool. When you need to rest, listen to this. These these are rules that you can't just go out and enjoy yourself anymore. They have to tell you how to live. Every move. When you need to rest, look away from other swimmers and maintain social distancing, states one of the mandates. When swimming, exhale underwater when you can, states another. Backstrokes and any other stroke where social distancing cannot be maintained are also banned. You can't do a backstroke or any stroke where you can't keep the distance. Swimmers are also told to avoid talking to each other when social distancing is not possible. So you're close. They say, don't talk. Keep your mouth shut. Isn't this amazing? 
it reminds me of going to school and they say, hey, don't talk in class, right? That made sense, not disrupting your fellow students. But on the playground, don't talk. Don't like grab your buddy, hug a person, wrestle with a person, play basketball. It's just, it's totally uh, treating you like an animal. Uh, It says the rules are this strict, despite London now recording zero COVID deaths and cases rapidly falling across the country. Swimmers in Spain were hit with similar uh, draconian mandates after the government passed legislation mandating face face masks, not just on the beach, but by swimming in the ocean. If you in Spain, you cannot go swimming in the ocean without a mask on. A bizarre video that emerged early this month also shows a man wearing a face mask while swimming underwater. These aren't like uh, just stuff people come up with. This is like rules. The, the, the world has lost its mind. Who is the world? Who is this world? People can't critically think and are afraid to stand up against the government. And I'm telling you, if you speak out, I'm telling you right here in Yuba Center. They'll come after you. They'll come after you. And uh, that's just the way it is. I, I'm not I'm not saying sour grapes. I, I'm I don't have a problem with it. I, I know what the I know what this is all about, and I'm okay with it, right? So um anyway, I I I'll maybe get back to this. Uh this is a meme that came up, says it shows a picture of the president and the vice president. It says a 78 year old man campaigned from his basement. He picks one of the most unpopular VPs in the country. He receives the most votes of any candidate in the history of America at 4 a.m. in the morning. He was confirmed uh, in the middle of the night, and and he had an empty inauguration, 20,000 troops to protect him, and nobody can question any part of it. Nobody can question anything around the country. Doctors try to... I asked somebody if they wanted on the they were they were agreeing with me on texting me, agreeing with all the terrible things that their kids have gone through. And I said, you're will, willing to sign the petition against Dr. Lou? Not even got a didn't get a yes or a no, just a zero. No response. That's because they're afraid because her husband's a physician. And I know what I know what's going on. It, I, it makes sense to me. I, I'm not going to I'm not going to shoot on her uh, because uh you know, everybody has to live their life and answer for their life to God, right? I don't have to answer for her life. I have to answer for my life, right? Some people say, well, Lou, how can you be a Christian and, and say the things you said? I think I, I said the things I said because I'm a Christian, because I'm standing up for the rights of people that don't have a voice. A lot of people are too afraid to even talk. It's crazy. Okay, let me see. We're in our fourth segment here. We've got a few. Oh, we, shoot, we're down to two, two or three minutes here. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the lie of Earth Day. And, uh, you know, Earth Day started in the 1970s, and it, the whole concept was we were destroying the Earth, and humans were bad, animals were cool, plants were cool, and humans just need to be eliminated. We just need to kill as many as we can. We just need to kill as many as we can. Bill Gates and all these people, Fauci, they are totally in for that and uh they're killing them off left and right using vaccines in india and africa 
and they want to start doing that here, although they're not really vaccines. So I want to talk a, a little bit about the fraud. of. Remember all these predictions, these Earth Day predictions or these uh, uh, gloomy predictions of the world? I think uh, people have said in, in the Congress the world's going to end in now, now it's we're down to nine or ten years, but they said twelve years. But there's all this baloney. This guy wrote eighteen spectacular wrong p- p- predictions made around the the time of first Earth Day in 1970, and uh, there's just all these amazing predictions that none of them, none of these predictions, I'm telling you, none of them have come pa- come to pass. And there's thirty, forty. There, you can look them up on the internet, and it's just so fascinating. Because a lot of people just don't remember what was even in the news back in the 1970s or 80s. Others weren't born yet. Harvard biologist George Wald estimated that civilization will end within 15 to 30 years unless immediate action is taken against the problems facing mankind. This is in the 1970s. Quote, we are at an environmental crisis which threatens the survival of the nation and of the world as, as a suitable place of human habitation, wrote Washington. University biologist Barry Commoner. The th- another one. The third. The day of the after the first Earth Day, the New York Times editorial page warned: Man must stop pollution and conserve his resources, not merely to enhance existence, but to save the race from intolerable deterioration and possible extinction. Number four. This is a doozy. It happened here in California. Population will inev- inevitably and completely outstrip whatever small increases in food supplies we make. Paul Ehrlich. This guy is so famous and was given one prize after another and and wrote a book called The Population Bomb. Totally, f- totally failed. Every one of his predictions, a total joke. He says Paul Ehrlich confidently declared in April 1970. The death rate will increase until at least 100 to 200 million people per year will starve to death during the next 10 years. This is in 1970. He said this total lies, total. This guy's supposedly one of the sharpest guys in the universities. Nothing he said. I'm telling you, get the population bomb. You could probably get it for 50 cents online. It's a joke. It's a total joke. People believed it, embraced it as if it was the truth and acted upon it. It's a it's a total crock of crap. Be right back. As a conservative, freedom-loving American, I will no longer be using the terms progressive or liberal to describe the left. Why? Why won't you refer to them as that? Why? Why? Why, you ask? Well, because they're not progressive and they're not liberal. Liberal is tied to liberty. And technically, liberals have no problems with free markets, freedom of religion, freedom of speech. And the left has a problem with all of those things. The left wants less individual liberty and freedom and more big government. Like the left is obsessed with big government. They want big government all up in your business. This is leftist ideology. It's not liberal. Left is also not progressive, like at all. 
not progressive. The left supports radical Marxist ideology. Marxist ideology. Marxism is not progressive. It's not a new idea either. It's been around for quite a while. Karl Marx was a misogynist and he held racist views and his ideas have killed over a hundred million people in the last hundred years. So it's not, uh, not progress. Leftists are not progressive. The left wants biological men competing in women's sports. This isn't progress. This sets women backwards, not forwards, and potentially eliminates women's sports altogether. So it's not progress. The left wants critical race theory taught in our schools. It's not progress to identify everybody by the color of their skin and not the content of their character. That's like segregation, okay? That doesn't move us forward. That moves us backwards, not progressive. Segregation is not progress. Racism is not progress. Marxist class warfare, not progress. Eliminating biological women's sports, not progress. The left is not liberal. The left is not progressive. The left is all about giving absolute power to a small select elite few and robbing the individual of their liberty. Action. Uh, with us, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noemis with us. Governor, glad you're here. You know, it's very interesting how your state has handled corona, how red states have handled it versus blue states. And it seems that the agenda that Donald Trump proposed is the Republican Party. But I think there are some people that think the Republican Party will go back to the good old establishment days. I don't see it. Do you? No, I don't see it either, Sean. Uh, President Trump did everything he promised to do. And that's what I loved about working with him, is that he followed through on the promises that he made in the campaign in 2016. Uh, we kicked off today in South Dakota National Travel and Tourism Week. And South Dakota right now is number one in tourism in the nation. We had millions of people come to our state, uh, largely because they heard the story of how we embrace freedom. We talked about Mount Rushmore last Independence Day. And people came here. They didn't just come to visit. They're moving here. Their businesses are moving here. And it's because we embraced what Republicans say they believe in. We actually did it. So the 4th of July, you, you went through every hoop, every environmental regulation. You did everything that was asked of you. And they won't grant you a permit for fireworks on the 4th of July. And the other thing that was fascinating to me is you saw 200 police officers laid off in Seattle. And you said, Please come to South Dakota. We want to hire you. We respect you. We won't defund you. And we'll let you be able to do your job professionally. Yeah, you know, we had an, a memorandum of agreement already signed with the federal government, with the National Park Service, the Department of Interior, to have the celebration at Mount Rushmore again this year to celebrate our nation's independence. And the Biden administration refused to give us the permits that we needed to do so. So I filed litigation and lawsuits against them to get them because they didn't give us any reason for denying us the permits. It appears to be political and punitive. And so I'm going to fight this in court and hopefully win. But listen, Sean, we are supporting our law enforcement officers. We're supporting the men on that mountain because of our history. Uh, we saw last year riots and protests in cities all across this country still continuing today, the violence on our streets that is endangering so many people. 
We did a national campaign to law enforcement officers, asked them that if they wanted to live in a state where they were respected, to come to South Dakota. All right, this segment, I want to mention uh, a couple new people with us. Uh, Dr. Joe Cassidy works at Peachtree Clinic in Linda and Live Oak a few days a week. He, for 25 years, he uh, worked at the Yuba County Jail as the jail doctor and also uh, was the uh, health officer for Yuba County. And he became known as the doctor for the uh, high-risk population in Yuba County and continued after his retirement to work at Peachtree Clinic so he'd have an op- opportunity to work with the poor. Many of the poor are uh, struggling with addiction and and uh, all kinds of personal problems. And so uh, if you want to get a hold of him, you can call Peachtree Health. Unfortunately, Peachtree Health is, uh, administration is goofy. And uh, sometimes they'll say, well, Dr. Cassidy doesn't have any room for patients. He's full. He's busy. He is one of the busier doctors over there, but he always has room for patients because he wants to help people. So um, if you get if you call Peachtree Health and you cannot get through or you cannot get an appointment with Dr. Cassidy, I'm going to give you his cell number. You can text him. Please just text him, not just phone him. He's a busy guy. Texting, he'll he'll call you back. Just say, I can't get through. I can't get an appointment. I whatever your problem is, if you're an addict or if you just have if you just want him as your doctor. Uh, he can, you can reach him at 530-682-8648, 530-682-8648. I just saw a guy posted on my Facebook page. He, he needed, he waiting for an appointment with a doctor. He's short on Suboxone. He just put the word out to the whole world. I need some Suboxone over here, dude. He's an addict. So, uh, anyway, if you have any kind of needs like that, uh, if you need to get on a medical medicine program to stop the withdrawals, or to figure out how to get off meth or anything like that or get into a program, Dr. Cassidy will help you do that as well. Dr. Joe Cassidy is a great guy, and uh, 530-682-8648. Also, uh, Yanelli Garcia uh, is a f- good friend of mine. I've known her for years, uh, and she helped me in my recent uh, court a- appearance. She's not a lawyer, but she's a paralegal. The cool thing about it is that she she knows a lot uh, about what's going on in court. She can't appear for you, but she can help uh, do a lot of the work for you uh, legally, and she's a lot cheaper, and she's just as smart as an attorney in, in some situations. She does a better job. I'll give you an example. So we were in court together, and the final document that they served me as I went into court was a, another part of the subpoena, more uh, evidentiary-type stuff. And we were in Yuba County Court. This was a Yuba County case. And at the top of the deal, she pointed out to the attorneys in our conference outside that that they uh, they had a problem with the document, had a problem on it because it said Sutter County at the top. Now, these are two top attorneys. Uh, they probably make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. There's five attorneys that serve Yuba County. And yet the document had Sutter County on it. But we didn't like break their nose over it. We were kind and just said, hey, you guys might want to fix that when you get around to it. Uh, you know, because in legal documents in the court, you know, we used to when you, we used to apply for guardianships, uh, extension of guardianships when we used to take babies out of prison and uh, to care for them until mom got out. 
man, if there was like you didn't have one box checked or if you didn't have this little uh, you had one little space not filled in, they rejected the whole thing. and wouldn't even tell you what was wrong with it. And we at least told them, hey, don't you think we ought to get the right county on these documents? So anyway, North Valley Paralegal, if you want to get a hold of uh, Yanelli, I call her Yanelli. That's her real name, but she goes by Nelly. Uh, you can dial her up at 530-751-9289. They're on Sutter Street in Yuba City. It's just down by the 10th Street Bridge, really easy to get to from either side of the river, Yuba, Sutter County, and uh, 751-9289. And uh, she will help you, okay? We're also helped by the plumbing doctor, 671-9111. If you've got a plumbing need, they will help you. And 24 hours a day, seven days a week, if you really need them, they will come out and uh, get you taken care of, even if it's not the normal time of the week or day. When you have a problem, I see plumbers out there around some of these fast food places in the middle of the night, right, or on odd times, because they need to get unplugged. Five three zero six seven one nine one one one. Dave Greenitz, GreenitzConstruction.com. Green with E-T-Z on the end. Dave Greenitz. We've been friends for 40. He and his wife and I, we used to live communally together back in the day. I was older than them, but they were youngsters and decided, he and his wife decided to get married. Matt, he's from the East Coast, she's from the West, and they, they like figured they could get along. So they just stayed, they've been married ever since. And Dave Greenitz is the best contractor you can find to do a bath, a bathroom or kitchen remodel or any kind of remodel, actually. So uh, you can reach him through GreenitzConstruction.com or through Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page or through 530-682-9602, 530-682-9602. And finally, Elite Universal Security, Monty Hecker has been a huge help and uh, has really been a big push. He's been a key guy in Yuba Sutter pushing the Gavin uh, Newsom recall. I'll talk to you about that in a second. But Elite Universal Security, if you need a job, they're hiring over there. They want some good people. So if you're you're a sharp person, honest person, person of integrity, uh, he'll put you to work somewhere in Northern California. If you don't want to live in Yuba County, maybe you want to go up near the Oregon border or down near Sacramento, he will work with you. And he'll train you. So also, if you need help, uh, he Monty was just talking to me the other day that they caught a guy uh, in an act of a crime and they had to wait for like 30 to 45 minutes for the police to show up. But they held the guy. They had to wrestle the guy. They had to spray the guy. It was it was gnarly. But but the fact is, they stopped a crime and caught a guy right in the midst of a crime, uh, elite universal security. And that's awesome. And because, you know, the police then could get there when they could get there. They were busy doing something else. They just weren't lollygagging. They were busy. They had calls get backed up. So uh, he was telling me about it the other day. So if you need some, you, you need some help keeping the stuff that you earned, uh, you know, made money to earn and buy, if you want to keep it yours, he'll, he'll help you do that. 530-749-0280-530-749-0280. So I, I mentioned Monty Hecker and the recall. So this is interesting. I ran across this. I, I, I was talking actually to uh, Terry Hansen uh, through email, and I, I've been asking a lot of questions about Dominion voting systems, and she's, she is confident in the 
Dominion system that we use locally. So I've been asking her lots of questions like why, right? And uh, she's been trying to explain that to me on why she came to the conclusion she did. Uh, And she said, you know, this is a Republican county, and they kind of voted Republican for Trump, so Yuba County. But the fact is, what if what if it was a landslide for for Trump and Dominion messed around with the vote? So I've been looking at all the uh, the the ways why we get the system we got. And so what I noticed was almost like thirty eight or forty of the fifty eight uh, counties in California use the Dominion system. They didn't have to, but there are a variety of systems that have to be approved through the Secretary of State, who runs the elections in California. And then the counties can then choose which election system they want to use to count and tab the, tabulate the ballots. So most of them have gone with Dominion in California, but there are some op- options. So, um, so when I was nosing around about that, then I ran across this posted. It's a total valid county counts for each of the counties, the 58 counties in California, like Remember all the for a year and a half, remember a year and a half, basically, we have been collecting signatures as many valid signatures. Of course, we're trying to get valid signatures. Uh, We spent a year and a half collecting signatures to say we want to recall the governor. Right. And I was shocked at how few we actually got from, uh, you know, we qualified to recall the governor, which we. We needed a million point five, and I think we got two point one million or something, two point two million. But there were some people that just devoted their lives in Yuba and Sutter County to get to get signatures. And in Yuba County, just five Yuba County, I think has seventy five to eighty thousand people. I think now not all of them are voters. You got to be a voter, right? And I I can't tell you how many registered voters we have, but of the registered voters. Only 5,836 people were bold enough to sign a recall. Now, I've had people say to me, oh, I don't want I don't want to sign the recall because uh, I'm afraid they'll they'll read my name and then then they'll come after me. And so people got afraid that the state would come after them. So 5,836 in Yuba County in Sutter County, just a few more. Not even a thousand more, six thousand five hundred and fifty forty four in Sutter County. So it's interesting if you figure there's about a hundred and seventy thousand people in Yuba Sutter County together, that's just about it's twelve thousand people between Yuba and and Sutter counties that voted or didn't vote but signed the recall petition. About twelve thousand. That's far less. I mean, we're talking about five or six percent of the of the the total population is is actually interested on paper, said they are interested on paper to recall the governor. I I mean, up in Alpine County, they just got 60 people uh, that I don't even know the population of Alpine. I think that's sparsely populated, but just 60 people said we want to recall the governor. Uh, so you can Mono County, M-O-N-O. 619 Modoc County 908 just small groups Sierra County just 406 I again they they may have really I, I don't know what the population Trinity County 615 that's way up north Plumas County uh 16 1674 
some, you know, Del Norte County, who didn't even want to join the state of Jefferson, 1,925. Uh but it's interesting, you, you get into bigger counties, like you can see why L.A. County controls the entire state of California and the policies of the state. Uh, because let me let me look here. Where is the Los Angeles County? We there's millions of people live in L.A., right? Two hundred sixty four thousand four hundred ninety five voted uh, or signed a petition to get rid of Gavin Newsom. The other big county, uh, Orange County, two hundred fifteen thousand seven hundred fourteen uh, signed petition to get rid of the governor. Placer County, 45, almost 46,000 people up in Placer County nearby here, right? Butte County surprised me. There were 15,942 people. Now, Butte County is a lot bigger population than we have down here. So anyway, it, it, the cool thing is there were total valid county counts for all 58 counties. Now, there's a number of people asking for money right now to recall the governor, there's a uh, a guy named DeMaio down in San Diego that's 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 capitalizing on this movement to collect money into his conservative organization. And uh, I'm recommending that you don't give him money because he that part of that money is going to support their organization for other causes. Right. It's kind of like when you give to the Red Cross, it's not necessarily going to help locally. It's going to help some other place as well. So so the. Uh, Anyway, the, the people that we, we, we've signed petitions, right, to get this recall going. Now we need to fund the campaign to get him. Uh, we still got to have a recall vote, and we need to generate enough votes to recall him. There's going uh, to be a ballot, uh, uh, an election, and that's going to happen probably in the later part of November, I'm told. So the so what we're working on right now here in Yuba Sutter is we're going to start a voter registration campaign because you can register to vote now and you can vote in the recall. But we need to get people registered to vote. So if you want to do a table somewhere, you can just go get some registrations and you can get out and set in a table and just register people to vote. And the second thing we need to do is remind people that even though we're in a sparsely populated part of the of the state of California and LA and some of these big, big other counties like San Diego County, San Bernardino County, you know, they're going to control this election. However, and, and, and I've always said many times I've said, uh, if, if the Northern counties and or Northern 2024 counties all voted a hundred percent to do the same thing, if LA County alone just voted against us, they would always win. So what I'm counting on now is that if we can get out a strong vote up here, why you might say, well, Lou, why even fuss with it? Good, good point. The point I'm concerned about is this. If it's a close vote and the, there's many Democrats that think that the governor would actually will actually beat the recall and get reelected. But if it's close, if we have a really strong turnout up here, we could swing it up here. If, if it's close. If it's not close, we can't change that because we just don't have enough votes up here. You get it? So anyway, please donate something. Please don't expect that somebody else is going to do the heaven lifting, even if you can only get $10, $20, $5, $30. So go to Recall. I went on this website the other day. It's Recall Gavin, G-A-V-I-N, 2020.com. And, uh, and, 
and right when the 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 um, when it comes up, the opening page up in the right corner in a in a large square, there's a green square, and it just says donate. And um, let me see if I can just pull it up really quick here, and uh, and I'll just confirm that that it's still that what I just said because uh, I always get confused between org and com on all these darn addresses and uh, now it's just thinking so oh yeah here we go stay informed okay yeah so yeah that's the right thing recallgavin2020.com and then right up at the top it's just a, a, a kind of a dull green it says donate just go and donate you can do it with your credit card we need money to, they need to print signs, they need to buy advertisements. There's going to be a massive advertising blitz against anybody that opposes Gavin Newsom. Uh, The Pelosi family, the Newsoms, the Browns, all these families that have essentially controlled California for decades are, are not going to let their boy go down easy. So we need to get him out and we're not going to get him, put, get, get some skin in the game. You know, some of you guys can afford $100, $200. Let's get it on. There's a guy named Oren Heatley. At the start of this campaign, he called me and, and wanted me to help up here. And I was discouraged because the previous campaign had been so poorly managed. But he's a retired law enforcement official, Oren Heatley. He does not have his, his name all over everything. DeMaio, uh, just the opposite. He's got his name everywhere. You, he's all over Facebook posting ads to buy signs from him buy t-shirts from him he's a hawker and listen let's just stay with recall gavin 2020.com and put our money there all the money will be spent on this campaign they're not building a campaign forever you know at the end of the campaign now we're going to do something else now we're going to fight environmentalism or something we need to like throw down we need to not get we need to not get tired we need to not give up we need to get, not get discouraged. There's going to be a lot of quacks running for governor. And there's going to be some campaigns. And some campaigns are just going to be stupid campaigns. People not serious. They don't have any money. They can't win this. And they couldn't govern if they had to. There's a lot of nutcases, including uh, transgendered uh, Jenner. Uh, it's ridiculous. And and so Jenner couldn't run this state if, whether she's – I don't care whether she's half horse – it doesn't make any difference. She's screwed up. So uh, anyhow, uh, okay, that's that. We're, we're about out of time, and we're going to end up uh, getting ready to launch into our second deal. So anyway, if, if you, you probably Google the total, if you're curious, I, th- I think these things are cool. Total, it's interesting. Fresno, almost 60,000 people signed to uh, get rid of the governor. Man, there were some strong counties down there kicking rear. But we had some great ladies up here that worked their rears off, and and uh, I don't. I wish that more people would have signed up here, but we can still get a lot of votes uh, going into this. Uh, my my hope is that we can register a few thousand people up here and expand because the, there's going to be some right after the November election in about a year or so. They're, they're probably going to be a June primary where we're going to have supervisor elections, we're going to have assembly elections, Congress elections. And we're we're going to have a chance to stand up. So, anyway, we just got to coming down to a few seconds left. I'm just getting down here. 
Uh, I'm going to, and when we come back, I'm going to talk about some of these incredibly insane predictions. These people, you're paying your kids, paying for your kids, 40 to 50,000, $100,000 to go to these colleges. And these nutcases are indoctrinating these kids to believe this stuff. And it never comes true. And nobody holds them accountable. They go on and earn hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and get all these awards, prizes, Nobel prizes, all this nonsense and uh, Oscars from the Hollywood. It's crazy. It's just totally crazy. We'll be right back. Before you receive, can we work it on now? People with speech and tone, can we work it on now? Because right now it's essential, can we work it on now? Spread love just a little, can we work it on now? So what we're doing today mm-hmm. is exciting. We're going to have you reading from the teleprompter. Um, these are real facts. These are all true, well-researched facts about gun control. Okay. So, and you're going to be reading facts about gun control. Okay. So is it, is it going to come up in front of that lens? Is yeah. what I will be seeing it? Okay. Yeah. So like, here's how it'll look. Right. Did you know? According to the CDC, there were roughly 38,000 gun deaths in 2016. Two-thirds of them were suicides. There are over 300 million guns in the United States. There are over five times more murders by knives than by rifles. The U.S. has the highest gun ownership rate in the world, but ranks 28th in gun murders. That's a rate of 2.97 deaths per 100,000 people. Handguns are responsible for more than 80% of total mass shootings. Handguns. Between 1993 and 2003, gun ownership increased by 56%, while gun violence decreased by nearly half. Since 1950, nearly all mass public shootings have occurred in gun-free zones. That's crazy. From 2013 to 2015, the six states that banned open carry actually experienced higher rates of police death. 86.4% of 20,000 police chiefs and sheriffs support concealed carry and are overwhelmingly against further gun control. Those that have concealed carry permits, on average, commit less crime than police. Hmm, imagine that. Yeah, what does that mean? There is a clear correlation between higher firearm ownership and reducing police killings. Switzerland, a nation of about 8 million, is armed with an estimated 2 million guns in circulation with limited gun legislation. Switzerland's overall gun homicide rate is practically zero. Gun ownership does not correlate with the homicide rate. Interesting. Um, I haven't, uh, I, I just kind of blindly chose a side on the whole issue without really thinking about facts. I mean, I'm gonna be honest, for me, I don't really like go to the main news sources because a lot of it's always like pushed by an agenda. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, to get like the real facts, you always have to do more research. I mean, it definitely makes me want to do more research. 
about um, like everything that's happening right now with gun violence. It's interesting to actually take the time and see what the facts say as opposed to what I personally feel. Uh, I didn't know a lot of that. Um, pretty much, yeah, pretty much all of it. Gun control does not really mean crime control. They're really worried about controlling guns and but it's not really up to the like the guns, it's guns itself that's gonna cause harm to people. It's really about the bad people. I mean, it come, boils down to people, I feel like. Um, but yeah, I mean, facts are facts, so. Well, hello, America. So I made a video a couple days ago uh, about that the mask mandate in Utah had expired and that I don't understand why people are still so willing to give up their freedoms after bitching about these masks for so long. And this phenomenon has, has really kind of struck a chord with me because we've given up our freedom so easily and yet now you can have your freedom back and people don't want to do that. So I've been doing research and I came across a study that was done in the 60s by the KGB. And what they found out with their test subjects as if they bombarded them with messages of fear and enough scare tactics of messages with lies that in a two month or less period, those people became completely brainwashed. And that thereafter, no amount of messages clearly stated or otherwise to the contrary of the message they were originally given would change their mind. And that's what's happened. We've been completely brainwashed by fear. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. It's not unusual to have fun with anyone. But when I see you hanging about with anyone, it's not unusual to see me cry. I wanna die. It's not unusual to go out at any time. But when I see you, all right, about here we go. So we were talking about Paul Ehrlich. Paul Ehrlich says. Uh, this is just the fifth. We got like 30, 40 of these crazy, crazy predictions that these young people believe. Most of it says, Paul Ehrlich said, most of the people who are going to die in the greatest cataclysm in the history of mankind have already been born. Uh, some experts feel that food shortages will have escalated uh, the present level of world hunger and starvation into and the farmers of unbelievable proportions and the famines of unbelievable. In other words, it's going to just be apocalyptic. Other experts, more optimistic think that the ultimate food population collision will not occur until the decade of the eighties. This, we didn't have a, we didn't have a famine problem in the seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands. Forget about it. This guy's a total goofball and he has been praised and lauded. And it doesn't matter the one false prediction after another, Ehrlich then sketched out his alarm scenario for the 1970 Earth Day issue of The Progressive, assuring readers, the progressive means it's a communist uh, booklet, assuring readers that between 1980 and 89, some 4 billion people. Now listen to me. In, in, the, in those years, we didn't have 7 billion people. We had like f 5 to 6 Assuring readers that between 80, 1980 and 1989, nine years, some 4 billion people, including 65 million Americans, would perish in the great die-off. I'm telling you, people, this is, it's so embarrassing. 
And yet these newscasters and people keep pushing this stuff. Number seven is already too late to avoid mass starvation, declared Dennis Hayes, the chief organizer for Earth Day in the spring of 1970. Peter Gunter, a North Texas State University professor, wrote in 1970, demographers agree almost unanimously on the following grim timetable. By 1975, widespread famines will begin in India. They will spread by 1990 to include India, Pakistan, China, and the Near East. By the year 2000 or or conceivably sooner, South and Central America will exist under famine conditions. By the year 2000, 30 years from now, the entire world, with the exception of Western Europe, North America, and Australia, will be in famine. Now, the only reason there's famine in, in Venezuela is because of com- communism. Now, I could go on and on. These guys, Barry Commoner predicts that decaying organic pollutants will use up all the oxygen in America's rivers, causing fresh. This is 1970s, folk. 1970, okay, we got 50 years ago. He says all the oxygen in America's rivers are going to be used up, causing freshwater fish to suffocate. Anybody, any fisher people out there, fishing in fishermen, fisherwomen? Finding any fish? Paul Ehrlich chimed in in predicting 1970 that air pollution is going to take hundreds of thousands of lives in the next few years alone. Few years alone. 1970. Do you remember anybody dying from air, air pollution? Unless they had emphysema, smoking too many cigs. Ehrlich sketched a scenario in which 200,000 Americans would die in 1973 during smog disasters in New York and L.A. Nobody died. I mean, not 200,000 people. Are you kidding me? I've been in the Philippines when the diesel f- smoke is so strong uh, on the uh, right with the, the what they call the jeepneys, uh, tricked out jeeps, so s- stiff and you could smell it that, that women, particularly women, would wrap their faces as a cloth. People aren't dropping dead. I mean, I could go on and on about Paul Ehrlich, Paul Ehrlich, Paul, Paul and Ann Ehrlich. They were so full of baloney. They may have been wonderful people to go have a cup of coffee with or have a beer with. But they were talking through the top of their head. They have no science. These people talk science, science. These are not scientists. They're BSers. The same people that put this COVID on us. He said, Kenneth Watt, ecologist, declared by the year 2000, if present trends continue, we will be using up crude oil at such a rate that there won't be any more crude oil. We're going to run totally out. They said in the 1970s, we're going to run out of crude oil. You'll drive up to the pump and say, fill her up, buddy. And I'm quoting these guys, fill her up, buddy. And he'll say, I'm very sorry. There isn't any today. Is that incredible? We have so much oil now. The only reason we can't get to the oil is because the Biden administration is stopping from us withdrawing it out of the ground. We have never had so much access to oil in the history of the world. Harrison Brown, a scientist at National Academy of Sciences. This, these guys, if they're still alive, they should be humiliated. Published a chart in the Scientific American that looked at metal reserves and estimated that humanity would totally totally we're talking completely run out of copper shortly after 2000 we got the homeless people out here at, on simpson lane stealing the copper off the towers at kmyc 
not because they ran out. It's because they're recycling and selling the copper. They're stealing it from people who they think can afford to give it to them instead of going out and getting a job. But they're putting the, putting the copper money that they got out the copper into their arm and up their nose. These people, Ehrlich is just quoted all over, all over Kenneth Watt. Kenneth Watt warned about a pending ice age, not global warming. He predicts in the 1970s an ice age. The world has been chilling sharply for about 20 years now, said Kenneth. If present trends continue, the world will be about four degrees colder for the global mean temperature in 1990. In other words, we're going to get chilly up here in 1990, according to Kenneth. But 11 degrees colder in the year 2000. Oh, it's, we're going to freeze our butts off. But all along over the past 15 years, what are these people? The inconvenient truth of Al Gore. We're, oh, global warming. Oh, my God. It's, we've never seen summers like this. Oh, my word. We've never seen rain like this. Oh, my word. We've never seen frost like this. But it's called global warming until it got so embarrassing for them they couldn't they were out celebrating global warming and it was freezing out it got so embarrassing they wanted to change it to climate change so then anytime the climate changed like we had went from fall to winter or winter to spring and spring to summer then it was like something wrong mankind is the problem we need to eliminate people that's why if you go to you know if you go to uh, United Nations uh, Agenda 2030, you will find that the goal is to reduce the population of the world by five and a half billion, right? Five and a half billion people. Why? Then they don't have to do anything with ecology. But the fact is, according to what these people say, all their predictions, not, I'm not saying 50% of the predictions, 60% of the predictions, 70%, 80 all their predictions have failed. Way failed. How about this? Global sea levels are rising at an alarming rate. 6.7 inches in the last century alone and going higher. Surface temperatures are setting new heat records. We just got talking. Kenneth Watt just said we were going to enter the ice age. Now somebody says we got heat records. The ice sheets continue to decline. Glaciers are in re retreat globally. And our oceans are more acidic than ever. We could go on. We could go on, which is a whole other problem. The majority of scientists are in agreement. Remember all these talks? The majority of the science agree with global warming. It's totally a crock of crap. You know, in a lot of the sciences, scientists will not go against uh, this talk because what? They're going to lose their jobs. They, they say, you're anti-science. You're a flat earther. We need to fire you. You can't work on campus anymore says, essentially, gases in the atmosphere, such as methane and CO2, trap heat and block it from escaping the planet, the greenhouse effect. All baloney, people. Total baloney. Total baloney. Uh, these people are liars. They're charlatans. And they're just, they're pushing an agenda. What's at the end of the agenda? It's a socialist country. It's a communist country. It's telling you you can't, you can't do your business anymore. 
uh, you can't do this, you can't do that, you need, <clears throat> you can't get a permit for that, you can't do a permit for this, we can't allow mining anymore, we can't allow any fossil fuels anymore. Let's see. Uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm going to have have to skip this. There's a lot more to this. I'm telling you, I got 48 predictions. Oil gone in 1966. Oil will be gone in 10 years. 1972, oil depleted in 20 years. 1977, Department of Energy, en- Energy says oil will peak in the 1990s. Then 1980, said peak oil in 2000. 1996, peak oil in 2020. 2002, peak oil in 2010. There's going to be super hurricanes, they said in 2006. None of these things came to pass. 2005, they said uh, uh, that Manhattan, the borough of Manhattan, New York, will be completely underwater because of the melting of the, uh, the glaciers. 19, uh, let's see, let me get in the world will use up all its natural resources. They said that in 1970. I mean, it's just ridiculous people. And you can look this up for yourself. Okay. I want to talk about, we got nine minutes. It's not too much time, but Yuri, think of this guy, Yuri, you can look at this, uh, his interviews from the, when he, uh, fled to the United States, Yuri. Bezmenov, B-E-Z-M-E-N, men, Bezmenov, O-V at the end, was a Soviet journalist co-opted and trained in the KGB when he defected to the, uh, he was trained by the KGB when he defected to the West in the 1970s. In 1984, he wrote a book called Love Letter to America using his pen name. Now, this guy was so afraid, he wouldn't even write his real name. That's what America has come to now. You have to write with someone else's name or you'll get destroyed. Just like I'm getting hate mail, all kinds of hate mail every day now on the, on different uh, platforms. Uh, Love letter to America under his pen name, Thomas Schumann to warn about the long-term Marxist tactics he was seeing in the U S. Now he said that he could take a person in the K in KGB could take a person and they could psychologically traumatize them in two days that they would do whatever they wanted to do. Wear a mask forever, wear pink underwear, uh, social distance, never talk to a person. They could have con- total control. We've had one year of mind bending. I'm, I'm literally, I'm, I'm not using that in a euphemistic way. I'm telling you, mind bending uh, propaganda from this from this local government, state government, federal government, mind-bending propaganda causing fear in, in little children on up to old adults, telling people they can't go visit their grandmother, their dad's dying in the hospital, you can't go in and say goodbye, you got to stand out in the parking lot, uh, just jerking people around from one, dis- discouraging people, confusing people. Oh, can I go to the store? Can I go to the store? Can I do this? Can I do that? Can I go for a walk? We can't play baseball. We can't play football. Nonsense. The whole thing is is a political uh, manipulation. My, He said, my dear friends, I think you are in big trouble. Whether you believe it or not, you are at war. He's saying this in 19, uh, when did he say this? 1984. And you may lose the war very soon, he says, together with all your affluence and freedoms, unless you start defending yourself. Now, this guy is for us. He's now joined us. He's saying, wake up, wake up, wake up. The driving force of this war was very little, has very little to do with natural, natural aspirations of people for better lives and greater freedoms. 
if at all these aspirations are being used and taken advantage of by the manipulators and progenitors of the war. The real driving force of this war of aggression is ideology, something you cannot eat, wear, or store for a rainy day. An integral part of this war of ideology is ideological subversion, the process of changing the perception of reality in the minds of millions of peoples all over the world. People were forced and manipulated to now think that if they walk outside, they're going to get sick. Just unbelievable craziness. It's crazy, crazy, crazy that if they wipe off the counter incessantly, then they decided after they got everybody to wiping down spray, wipe, spray, wipe, spray, wipe, spray, wipe. Then they said, ah, we don't think that works. We don't think we don't think the covid could live on a smooth surface. Right. Spray, wipe, spray, wipe, spray, wipe, mask, 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 mask. While you're eating, lift the mask, put a bite in, close the mask, lift it up. Then you're not supposed to touch it, touch it, touch it because your hands are. It's just it's so it's just harassing people to go nuts is what what they're trying to do. And people are just now they're fighting people that are free. They're they're hating people that are free. Anyway, uh, this is so there's so much. This guy, Yuri Bezmenov, is amazing. He he wrote a, a book called The Biography of a KGB Defector. This guy, you just go watch him on YouTube. You don't have to read anything. People over all the earth. Whether they praise America or bitterly criticize her, look upon the America as the only hope for mankind's survival and the last stronghold of freedom. My Amer- my Vietnamese people said, if you guys give up over there, China is going to take over uh, Vietnam and Taiwan and all these small countries. The only thing holding them back is is the conservatives in America. Some may not think in terms of idealistic terms, but they certainly enjoy the fruits of your civilization, often forgetting to be grateful for them. Or as President Reagan said, if we lose freedom here, that's America, there is no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. So Bezmenov warns, this is it, dear Americans, your country and mine now will be the last to be liberated by the Marxist, socialist, and domestic do-gooders. If the liberationists succeed in bringing their new order to America, you remember the reset? We're going to have a—Gavin Newsom said, we're never going back. We're resetting society. Uh, If they succeed in bringing their new order to America, chances on you and I will meet in front of a firing squad or worse, in a re-education forced labor camp in the Alaskan People's Democratic Republic. People got mad at me because I mentioned people being tried for crimes against humanity and being shot, put against the wall and shot. They do that all over the world where there's crimes against humanity. This is what this guy wrote in this book. This is a former KGB defector, Yuri Bezmenov. He says, if we don't beat these people... We're going to end up in front of a firing squad or worse or worse. It's better being killed in a firing squad, he says, or worse. We're going to end up in a re-education forced labor camp in the Alaskan People's Democratic Republic. That's uh, that's uh, uh, an al- uh, uh, he's alluding to the Siberian uh, camps that Russians would have to be go- would have to go to. He says you have too many concrete examples of what communist liberation has done for other countries to believe that I am wrong. When I warn you that we are on the brink of disaster, this is a 1980s people. 
You totally slept through this from one from one that has lived, worked and seen firsthand the realities of the day to day life in a communist socialist state. You must wake up now and start defending the rights and freedom you now have. This is in 1984, people, and you have slept through it. And now you're just going along. You're putting masks on your kids. You're having them set in in plexiglass cubicles you're you're getting thrown off southwest air because your two-year-old can't hang with a mask these poor people with a a precious autistic boy got thrown off in other airlines this is disgusting let me do this and then then we're about ready to quit no matter how many problems you think the u.s may have believe me says yuri when i say that they are nothing in comparison to the troubles you will experience if the u.s continues to agree and sympathize with communist socialist doctrines I have made my choice to be with you guys, the nation I love, America. I have risked my life that, like many others, to tell you of my life and experience within a communist state. You have nothing to risk by listening to me and making up your mind as to whether I am a Cold War paranoid, in other words, paranoid, as your media calls me, or whether my message makes sense. The choice is yours. In other words, he gets carpet bombed just like I have about saying the truth to you, you're going to lose everything. And once it's gone, you will never be able to get it back. The people that lost their freedom in these communist countries, they did not get it back in their lifetime. They died paupers being told what to do, told where they could get food, if they could get food. He says in the context of the USA, most of these nasty things are done to America by Americans with the ideological help of communist subverters. Listen to this. Most of the actions are overt, legitimate, and easily identifiable. The only trouble is that they are stretched out in time. In other words, the process of subversion is such a long-term process that the average individual, due to the short-term memory span of of history, is unable to perceive the process of subversion as a consistent and willful effort. That is exactly what it was intended to be like the small hand of your watch just creeping around. You know it it moves, but you cannot see it moving necessarily. I don't have time to, maybe we'll cover more of this next week, but I got to go. It's uh, we've done our six segments. Thanks for listening. And uh, we will catch you next week. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter...